Visit Arcade Club in Bury, Greater Manchester, the largest gaming venue in Europe. Set on two floors featuring over 250 original arcade machines, from Space Invaders right up to the latest Japanese rhythm games. There's also pinball machines, retro modern consoles, top-end PCs and VR stations. For just £10 entry or £15 for both floors, you can stay as long as you like and everything is set to free play. It's open Thursdays to Sundays with free parking, two licensed bars, two kitchens and fair price and there's no need to book, just turn up for an awesome day out. Hello and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marlin, alias Vertvik, and on the other end of the line is my podcast partner and one-time dance partner. Mr. Sean Holly, do you not remember those times we had together? We won those galas. Ah, uh, yeah, them, them galas. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing, Vic? You're eat, you're eat, fella. Uh, not bad. A bit tired. Uh, yeah. We have had two months of no rain in the UK. It's been a bit of a heat wave, isn't it? Heat wave. Yeah. Had a lot of rain appear today. Have you not? Yeah, it's been absolutely wetting it down recently, uh, and it's nice mm. to actually to get the grass green again and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Yes, it's been pretty pretty hot and sweaty and not much has gone on because you just haven't any motivation to do anything when you're hot and nasty at work and you get home and you just want to lie under a fan for a bit. It's horrible. Yeah. So yeah, we are doing the 10 Pence Arcade podcast at the moment and we are on podcast 113, Sean. Yes, lucky for lucky for the listeners possibly. Yeah, sorry about that. Mm. Uh, And we are going to be reviewing later on in the show, Nintendo Space Firebird. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, as we usually get off, kick off the podcast, what have you been doing, old son? Well, for the last two weeks, last two well, last week actually, I've had my mum up staying with us from Northamptonshire, so it's been really nice looking after her and get, you know, making sure she's okay and just giving her a break from being stuck in her home all the time, you know, because she mm. can't get around. Yeah. So I think she's really enjoyed it and I dropped her off. I drove down to Stoke and dropped her off yesterday afternoon. What, just at but a bus then, stop somewhere? There you go, I Mum, realize, get you on my own. Yeah, I realise she doesn't live in Stoke, so I don't know what, what she's doing now. Oh, yeah, my brother picked her up. <laughs> <laughs> just wandering about the place going, Sean, where are you? Sean, come back. <laughs> and I've been to, I've just managed to get a quick visit into Arcade Club last night, and I did a couple of walk-round videos, which are on our YouTube channel. Nice one. I looked at that a little bit earlier before I had a little kip. looked very good. I have been working on your stupid OK Baby again. Stupid calf. I made a new control panel for it. I wasn't happy with the gaps in the last one. And I may have drilled a hole in the wrong place. Hmm. Ooh. Oh, dear. So I made a new one. It fits a lot better now. I'm much happier with it. All I've got to do on that before you come and collect it is I've got to finish the holes off, which won't take very long. Uh, put the joystick and the buttons back in. Wire them all up to the loom. And then just test it with an extra monitor like an lcd monitor just for the 60 and one or something just to make sure all the controls work sound works and everything's ready for when that monitor gets fixed you can just pop it back in there connect it all up and it'll work brilliant that's the idea so i'll get it all ready for you uh, and that'll be that get it out of my flipping way i've also <laughs> set up parallels on my new imac the new computer i got and i've got a second monitor to the left of it rotated to vertical on a special stand uh, with the, with PC running through parallels and just main running on it. 
So I've got yep. the best of both worlds now. I mean, a Mac and a decent MAME setup. It's all Windows is good for, is MAME. Oh, and burning ROMs. But yeah, it works, yeah. works really nicely. So I've got it to the left of my computer. So when I want to do stuff on MAME, check a game out or nick some audio from it or whatever, I just whip on there, do it, and be working on the main computer. So it's going to be a lot easier for podcast stuff. Nice. I have been on a little trip to Greenwich, which we'll talk about in the pickups. Ah, ha, ha, ha. You know what's going on there? Is that where you get married? No, that's Gretna Green. Oh, right. Greenwich is um, south of they, London. That's where they do the clocks, isn't it? Yes, because there is some have, mean time down there. <laughs> I was going to say that. They, they have normal time and they have mean time. I have also fixed a PCB for you, Mr. Holly, which we will get onto in the next section or the next one but section. <laughs> yes. Other yeah. than that, Playing Space Firebird a little bit, and not much else. Not really been in the. I've been in the arcade a little bit the other day, playing something new. Mm-hmm. And that's about it, really. I tell you what, they have got at arcade club Darius Burst, four-player Darius Burst. Did you bust it? <laughs> no. The thing is, it's such a good you just, game. You just want a single-player game just to figure it out, but people keep sitting down and joining your game. How dare they? Yeah, so it's massive, isn't it? It's two. Is it two fifty-inch screens? It's something like that. It's yeah, a huge old game. I know someone has got one. I have played it before. It's it's a really nice game to play. It's a game you can't really have in your sitting room, can you? It'd be <laughs> about twelve foot wide. No, I did want a quick game of it myself, but it didn't happen. But I, I met some, you know, met a nice guy who tried to kick off the edge of the seat, but he wasn't having it. He was player one. Yeah, so he's right on the left. We did finish the easy version of the game, but it oh, right. with loads and loads of credits. But yeah, it looks really good actually. The Darius games do look nice. Mm. It's nice playing them on a if you're playing them through MAME or whatever, and you've got one of those wide screens. I've seen people like on YouTube and stuff playing. You know, you get these really, really wide screen monitors for gaming. Like they're they're like about curved four foot wide. Yeah, they're curved. They're yeah. really, really wide. I'm not sure what the ratio is. It's like a hundred and something to something ratio. And stuff like Darius Burst on that looks absolutely beautiful because it plays on one screen on, on a home version. But where it's so mm. long, you get to see you know what's going on miles ahead of you. It's really, really nice. Mm. I, that's about it, though, isn't it? We're a bit short on what we've been doing lately. Messing yeah. about, you know, as it is. Both been busy. Both been busy, really. Arcade News. So, there's been some location tests of some new arcade games. This is on the Arcade Heroes website, which is very, very good. Yeah, you'll love this, Vic. House mm. of the Dead, Scarlet Dawn. Tell me about Scarlet Dawn. I don't it's actually how, care, it's but House tell the of listeners. the Dead. You know, like, we had that blood moon the other night. The blood moon rises once again. That's in, uh, <laughs> that's in Zelda, sorry. All right. This is a bit like that, but it's a Scarlet Dawn. Not oh. unless, not unless it's about someone called Dawn. Scarlet and Dawn. But it looks pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. There's a, a U-beat, another U-beat coming out. U-beat Festo. Now, never mind that zombie bollocks. I was going to say underneath <laughs> that bit about the zombie rubbish, there is a new U-beat coming out. Is Arcade going to get? Is Arcade Club going to get it? If not, Andy, why not? Please get it, and I want to play it. This looks good. Oh, they're getting, they've got a couple of new rhythm games. This one called Nostalgia, which is a piano game. A piano game? Have you piano. got to play piano? No, know how to play piano to play it? Because I can't play piano to save me life. 
it's just another version of the you know like guitar here and all those blocks that descend down the screen and you've got to press the keys or strum the guitar in in as they hit the bottom of the screen yeah well it's like that but with piano keys but i think as it gets more complex you can hit a range of piano keys but as it gets harder you have to hit like c sharp and d flat and that's a e. chord is it yeah when you press more than one together it's a chord isn't it are they not trousers that old men wear that's chords this is chords we're talking about um, that's charlie Fizy piano player or harry bolt they're both piano yeah. players aren't they yeah oh wow look at our notes soon to be released golden t 2019 Oh, I'd like to play a bit <laughs> I of gloss. I put this in because I knew you'd like it. Golden Tea 2019. It's still going. 30 years Golden Tea's been going. Do you know one person, the only person we know is going to enjoy that? Bobby, Bobby. Idiot. He yeah. loves a bit of gloff. But obviously, he's not an idiot. He doesn't like real golf. He just likes playing it's, golf games. Yeah. It's just, I think it's a good. Pub game, isn't it? I think that's where they get all the sales from. These whoever makes it, who makes it? Don't oh, know who makes it actually. Golden tea people, probably. Incredible technologies they make. They're it. not that incredible. They're Mediocre all right. technologies, they should be called. All right, all right, technologies. <laughs> I found this on YouTube. I'm going to put a link in for the listeners on our website. This is not strictly arcade, but it starts off arcade. This is video games music done with metal guitars. Hmm. Excellent stuff. I've listened to bits of it. I've, I've flicked through. It's really clever, isn't it? Yeah, the guy is a brilliant guitarist. Obviously, it's excellent stuff. And one more piece of arcade news. There's not much arcade news this week either. Not more really. shooter ups have been announced for the Exa Arcade hardware that we've been talking about. Dan Maku Unlimited Valkyrius, Valkyrius, Dimension. That Dimension Drive EX and Shinkondo Death Label. They all sound like bullet hells to me, so that sounds fantastic. Good for you, yeah. But I'm really mm. excited about this new exciting hardware because it sounds like a lot of uh, indie labels getting in on it. So hopefully they'll have old school type games. You know, not yeah. not with too flashy graphics. I'm talking Sky Cursor type, type good 16-bit stuff. Exciting yeah. games, which, you know, not like the usual shooting or redemption or the racing games that we keep getting with the HD screens. Hopefully this is going to be a bit of a hark back to the games we like. Mm. Yeah, be good, be good. I recorded a podcast with the Arcade Perfect guys this morning about Dig Dug. They've already released it. I'm, I'm about half an hour into it. I th- yeah, I think uh, Daz said he's going to get out pretty quick, so... Yeah, hopefully it'll be good for listeners to listen to, because I love Dig Dug, one of my favourite games, and those two quite liked it as well. I don't think Sean Tagster had played it very much, to be honest with you. It's one he sort of yeah, missed by. I got to the bit where he said he's only he only picked it up on the three Xbox 360, so that's like 28, 2009 or something, isn't it? Yeah, he's a heathen, that's what it is. <laughs> and one last thing, nothing to do with arcades, but incredibly funny, and I saw this on Twitter, um... Recently, there was a thing in Kansas City, in Kansas, uh, called Kansas Fest, where a load, a load of Apple II users get together. It's a massive geek fest of nerds who love Apple mm. II. You know the Amer- Americans love the Apple II. And mm. it always gets infiltrated by some Atari users, and namely Kevin Savitz and Rob McMullen from the, the, yeah. the two Atari podcasts. And I saw on Twitter there was a picture of those two, and it, it was entitled, Have You Heard About Atari? 
And basically, Kevin and Rob put on some shirts and a tie and were handing out leaflets, rather like religious <laughs> religious uh, people. Yeah. And it was just, it was hilarious. Was, Have you heard about Atari? The good news, spread the good news about Atari at an Apple II convention. I love the idea of that. I think it's really funny. <laughs> Arcade pickups. I have pickups, Sean. Do you have you any have, pickups? Because I have, have a, pickups. I have a couple of them, actually, yeah. yeah. Are they as grand as mine? Not this lot, no, I wouldn't have said. Shall I do mine first, then? Go on. Right, the first one is the Canadian box, exclamation mark. Video, exclamation mark. James the Island Pirate from Canada, who I, I, I talk to quite a lot on WhatsApp, sent me a big box. He's been coming for ages. He got stuck in customs. It got stuck on the high seas. An elephant got hold of it at one point, apparently. Elephant? I yeah. ate it when that happened. You know what they're like with parcels, don't you? Yeah. And it arrived little soon after we did the last podcast. I think it arrived Monday, and I couldn't actually open it and do the video until Tuesday because I had to edit the podcast. But it came, and here are the things that came with it. And uh, I'll follow up, actually, because Paul McCaskey wanted to know what happened with all the stuff in it. So, in the box, there was uh, a Tetris original PCB, two Tetris boots, uh, a DJ boy, a Strikers 1945, Sean. Mm. Guess who that was for? Is that part number one? Strikers yes, the first one. Uh, Arkanoid 2, uh, Arkanoid boot, Super Kicks, Volfide, Sean. That was for me. Oh. Oh, a Daytona Turbo upgrade, uh, two initial D GD-ROM sets with the chip, uh, some rotary sticks, and an Arkanoid spinner. So, the two Tetris boots, one works fine, one doesn't. The original Tetris works absolutely fine. DJ Boy, blimey, that is a sucky game. Have you ever played it? I've seen it. Is it like a left-to-right scrolling beat-em-uppy thing? Yeah, you're on skates, though, and someone's nicked your your boombox, your ghetto blaster, and you're trying yeah. to get it back. It's pants. I think James sent it as a joke. Mm. A lot, he sent me all these games for free, and some are from other people, as you'll, you'll find out in a minute. Um, Strikers 1945 is for you, because he knows you like Strikers. He knows oh, excellent. Don't. Thank you. Uh, it's not working. I right. found some damage on traces in the back, because it looks like it got knocked about in transit, because some of the stuff in there, there was some, there was some snacks and biscuits and, and treats in there for us, for, well, for me. I've eaten them all, or and I think they got ripped open as well. I think some stuff had been bashing together. There wasn't very much. There was quite a lot of packaging between some of it. Some wasn't, and there's was some damage on the back. And when I plugged it in, it just got I got a tone, like a noise, mm-hmm. and then just a blank screen. And when I was watching it boot up, you saw a quick flash of picture, like a sort of junk on the screen, and it went off. So, you know, I'll have to look at it and see if I can fix it. But there was, when I looked on the back, there were some scrapes on it, and it looked like some of the tiny little traces had been scraped away. Right. So initially, I fi- I fixed one. I, I I did a continuity test between the two, and it wasn't working. So I attached a little tiny thin wire to it and tried. It, it still wasn't working. So I left it for a while, and I came back to it a few nights later. And when I looked at it again, and looked, and I saw some more damage. I went, "Oh, that looks." And there was four pieces together, like a scratch across four lines. Three of the lines checked out fine. It was still okay, and one of them didn't work. So I was like, ah, there's a break there. Put another patch wire across. Ping works perfectly now. Oh, excellent! So I've put some. I've left the, the wires underneath. I put some hot glue over them to keep the wires nice and flat, so they won't get pulled. And I put some nice feet on the PCB to keep it off the floor, so it won't get scraped again. 
Mm. So that is going to you, my old son. It's a good game as well. Oh, it's, it's actually better than the one Don't we you. reviewed. We did number three, didn't we? We did. This one seems a little nice. I had a quick go of it. I just played it on the side on the Super Gun. It was quite nice. Uh, Arkanoid 2 is for Benson Rad. He's bought it off of James. Uh, an Arkanoid Boot, which might be for Benson Rad, I'm not as well, I'm not sure. Needs a uh, needs an adapter, that one, to test. Super Kicks. Blimey, that game sucks as well. It's a similar game Does to it? Kicks or Volfi, but it's it's actually very awful. You know, mm-hmm. you know, on kicks, the, the little spark thing moves around quite erratically and it can get you. Well, yeah. this one, I played the first level, it's like a big alien. He jumps around all over the place and you don't see where he's going to jump. He sort of jumps instantly. He doesn't move. He sort of jumps through midair and gets you. So it's a really sucky game. I used to have a bootleg of that myself and I got rid of it. And now I know why, because it's awful. Yeah. Uh, the Daytona Turbo Upgrade is a load of like potted compound chips you add to the hardware on Daytona, which I think is Model 2 or Model 3. Sega Harbor, and yeah. it upgrades it. I think it puts more tracks in and maybe more cars. Right. But I've sent that to you, and hopefully you should give it to Arcade Club soon. I forgot. Uh-oh. It's well, still in that box. It'd be nice to see what it actually does different to the game, because I don't think many places mm. have got the upgrades for it. It's interesting. So that was sent for free from our Canadian friend to Arcade Club. Uh, the two initial D Genie ROM sets I can't test, but I'll probably sell them for him or whatever, or if anyone wants them. Uh, the rotary sticks are for Flinster. I wonder if he wants some really bad rotary PCB games to go with these. I've got a few of those in my in my shed. Hmm. But these ones are the the smooth round ones rather than the the octagonal ones. You know you always see the octagonal yellow sticks on those yeah. rotary games. These have got smooth tops. They're slightly different. Nice looking wow. joysticks, really well engineered they are. And the Arkanoid spinner, I think, is also possibly for Benson Rad 2. It's like a NOS one. New old stock. Mm. Mmm, good stuff in that. And there was loads of really nice snacks, and there were some really nice biscuits. Uh, some of these cheesy, crunchy things. They were like Cheetos, but really hard and crunchy. They were very nice. They didn't last long. Mm. So as I was opening the box and doing the video, I was eating these crunchy things as well. They're very good. So watch the video. I saw that, yeah. There's a great comment on the video from Charlie Farr. You, you know the video you did of your unboxing? Yeah. And it needs a voice, doesn't it? It needs like a, a David Attenborough type thing. I think, Vic, you better do that. Here is an uncommon treat. Easily startled, we approach quietly and slowly and observe an extremely rare sighting of a lesser spotted vertebrate. The black crested variant, no less. Examine his foraging technique in its natural habitat, the cardboard box. The sugar-rich provisions it contains will provide him sustenance for barely a day. Tomorrow, the hunt for food begins anew. When not foraging or sleeping, he can be found in darkened areas, pressing coloured buttons vigorously while staring at brightly lit display. The reason for this strange behaviour is currently unclear, but it appears to make him grin wildly. Very good. Charlie Farr comes up with these good things, doesn't he? Mm. I had lots of Japanese goodies from Garen when I met him at the London Video Game Market recently. I like the mini savoury ones best. Did you get any of those? I've had Tim Tams. I've had these this weird blue tube of rice crackery things Ooh. that that my mum tasted and spat out. <laughs> <laughs> they were that good, were they? Yeah. But wife liked them. They're, they're like got basil in or something. Oh, I but, had yeah. some cheesy ones in a green tube that were quite nice. And I've got... I think it's a yellow box, and it says Bourbons on it, but they're obviously not Bourbons. I've not had them yet. Bourbons? 
Bourbons, bonds of born. Yeah, the I, I like the t- the Tim Tams I have are vanilla ones. And they didn't last very long. They didn't sure. last very long. They were quite they're quite melty as well because it's been hot, but they were lovely. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 I got an ultra stick. You know, I was talking about playing food fight with an analog stick, and I thought I had some Sega analog sticks lying around somewhere. Yeah, I'd looked from ages ago, and I couldn't find them. I think I sold them to someone a while back because I've never uh-huh. used the damn thing. I never had a game to play with them. So what I did is I bought an ultra stick. You know, I was on about the Ultimark ultra stick. Yeah, which is it's here. Look, look. Oh, look at that! Now the listeners can go and look at one on the Ultimark website. It hasn't got any switches in it. You know how most joysticks got leaf switches or, or micro switches underneath? That one hasn't yeah. got anything. It's done on a magnet. There's a little like magnetic disc on the bottom. And as it gets moved around, there's a sensor underneath it. I think it's a Hall Effect sensor. It senses where it is. So you can accelerate and it knows exactly where it is along the stroke of the joystick. So it's not just go left and it hits a left switch and that's it. It can go left gradually as, as an analog stick. But that thing is programmable. So what you can do is you can make little definitions of different games and, and add them to games and as the game loads up it, it knows the definition for the ultra stick and it tells the ultra stick what to do and you can tell the ultra stick to ignore diagonals for a four-way stick or you can tell the the stick to ignore the cardinal positions to make it a like a cubert stick or you can tell it it wants to be an analog stick or maybe a two-way or maybe you only want to go you know certain angles or something so it's really, really clever, and it obviously works as an analog stick as well. And it just works as a PC joystick. So when you plug it into to the computer, and I've even tried it on a Linux one as well. It works on there as well. It recognises what it is, and MAME can deal with it. I think MAME's got its own little bits in, inside it to, to work with it. So playing stuff like Food Fight and Space Harrier, it's a joy. It works really, really nicely with it. Oh, that's good. I've never yeah. heard of that before. Yeah, it's a nice stick, actually. I'm going to get it hopefully put into an arcade cab with a main system in it but that's a bit of a long-term project yet but at the moment i just mm. want to get it somewhere so i can actually use the damn thing because we were talking about playing food fight it's going to be one of my picks soon but what yeah. rog Kanza sent me a private message saying is can you leave food fight for a little bit until we all are at the uk vac club meeting in arcade club in september and we can all play it on a proper machine have a big contest Oh, thank God. That's a good idea, isn't it? Yep. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a little bit unfair to people playing because it's very difficult to place on an eight-way joystick. You sort of need analogue, really. Mm. We can all play it at the same time and have a good good go of it up there. And I think I'll probably play it at home as well because I do like the game a lot. I may be on Star Force. Star Force is a good game. I will yes, be, yes. I'll be probably playing Star Force with you, I expect. Yes. But we've done that one a long time ago. And I beat you on that by loads. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. I'll, I'll mute you out for that bit. <laughs> so you must have got some stuff then, surely? Yes, because I'm sort of organising the Batcave now. I'm taking a more bigger role in the Batcave Blackburn retro games with me. I've sort of got addicted to looking at Gumtree and eBay and market Facebook Marketplace for bargains. Uh-oh, for it's, li- a for it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope, Sean. And I, I never thought I would. But I, I saw in, in Blackburn someone was selling a Commodore 64 Mini for a tenner. And these things are like going for 30 quid now because they're a Commodore 64 system on a chip. It's not the new Mini. It's the old one that was the, just the joystick with a um, composite out straight into a TV. And it's got 30 games on it. 
It's yeah. got six hidden games as well if you wobble the joystick on start. Most of them are Hewson games. Yeah. So they they must have done a deal, obviously, with Hewson. But it is a Commodore 64 on a chip. And apparently there's like whole websites dedicated to hacking them. You can hack them. And you can even attach hardware to them, you know, to get them running like a C64. Yeah, I've heard that. It's the same with the uh, one of the flashback Atari 2600s. You can actually put a cartridge port on it. And play proper cartridges on proper, so it's like real hardware. It's obviously Atari on a chip, but it still plays the games. I think there's a, it might be a Mega Drive one you can do as well. You know, that's pretty good. Excellent yeah, it's stuff. cool, isn't it? Yeah, so, I've been playing Iridium. It's, <laughs> a, great, it's a great. I, I keep thinking I need to get that the new version of Iridium. What was it called? By the the, the guy from Houston's Son that we saw at, at Revival. Yeah, it's I on Switch. To, oh, I suppose is it Iridium New One Plus Five? What's it called? What's it called, Vic? We'll put it... We'll we'll let the... Bumbling fools. It's hyper-sentinel. We'll edit this out, yeah. Guess what else I've got? What else have you been getting? I've got 112 in one cart for the Sega Mega Drive, but I have a problem. What's your problem? Well, actually, apart from the obvious... I haven't got a Sega Mega Drive. Yes, you have. I think I'm getting one next It's over there, in my corner. You just haven't picked it up yet. Oh, are you giving me Sega Mega Drive? Yes. I think I've, Anton has got one for me as well. Who works with James? I might not have a spare controller for it, but you can pick them up pretty quick anywhere else. I'm sure someone will give you a controller for it. But I've got the, I've got uh, the power pack and the actual unit. I've got a spare controller that came with that horde of stuff that I got the other week. You know, all those consoles and computers. Well, mostly computers. You might need in- to buy a five quid cable for it to plug it into SCART because it's better. You don't want to be using RF on it, do you? No, no. They were RF, weren't they? Yeah. But there's there's a SCART lead on them as well. It's a round barrel that goes to a SCART lead. Yeah. And it provides a much nicer RGB picture. So, yeah, that, that's the best bet for it. Yeah. Nice. That's, stuff. that's easy. Get rid of some of my junk. I mean, arcade cool stuff. Yes. <laughs> I'm coming down, aren't I, to see you in a f- in maybe a few weeks with a, with a van. With a van? Yeah. Yep, you are. I'm picking up some stuff and dropping off some stuff. Getting some junk out of my garage. Brilliant. <laughs> I'm dropping off some junk, though. You want some BBCs in that, don't you? I want a BBCB. Yes, please. Do you not want some electrons? No. How about some Commodore 64s? I've got two already, thanks. How about Spectrum Plus 2? I've got one of them. I chopped the end off of. Oh, well, remember that? That's quite, mm. that's quite good. Though. I could chop the end off of that one. <laughs> And all that. <laughs> also, I've got some, as we mentioned earlier, some biscuits from Garen. Thank you very much, mate. And I got some Xbox 360 shooters from your lovely self. You did. What did I send you again? Blasboo. Uh, Death Smiles, Blas- was Blue. it? Yeah, Blasboo Fighter. Death Smiles Deluxe Edition, whatever that is. And Dodon Patchy Resurrection, which I thought was. Daiju, but it's not. It's Daifukatsu. Oh. It's Dodonpachi Daifukatsu for the 360. Is that a newer version or older? I don't know. Yeah, it's newer. Yeah, It's got it's, a bunch of discs in there. It's got like all the soundtracks and I think some yeah. play videos and stuff. There's a bunch of stuff in there. I had to look before I sent it to you. So that is going to be at the next Batcave on Wife's Xbox 360. They haven't told her yet. Uh, is it going to be a shooty theme? Uh, no, I think the next one is the featured game is Micro Machines, four-player Sega Mega Drive. Micro Machines, how cool is that? That was a good little game back in the day, wasn't it? You, you raced around on little pool tables and on, on the dinner table and stuff with these little tiny cars. It was excellent. 
It's a great party game. Are you playing on the Mega Drive, did you say? Yeah, I think... You must have the original cartridge then, because it's got the two extra joystick ports in the top of it, so you can play four players. Yeah, Lewis has got that. Lewis is supplying that. Cool. And I've got a reverse pickup talking to Lewis. Yes. Go on, you're going to disappoint me now, aren't you? I've sold my Lord's Veil. I was hoping... It's a lovely machine. I was hoping to keep hold of it until I got the OK Baby running, but because my mum was coming up, I desperately needed the space. Yeah. Can it, you not put it, it in was, the kitchen? I could have done. In the bathroom. It looked nice in that new bathroom of yours. It, actually, I wonder if it would fit in the corner of the shower. It might get a bit wet. Yeah, you don't want to get him wet, really. Mm. Mm. So he very, he very kindly uh, took it off my hands, and he's given me a year's supply, a year's supply of custard creams. And they're in a lockup just outside Blackburn. And that's going to cost me about 14,000 quid, the amount of uh, custard creams you eat in a year. Yeah, he, he thought it was a bargain, but no, sir. Yeah. Oh, no. You did him up like a kipper. <laughs> uh, two last pickups from me. The first one is quite exciting. Yeah. Uh, I bought and picked up yesterday a Midway Space Invaders Deluxe US cocktail cabinet. Whoa. I found it on eBay, right? This is hilarious to me. I was looking on eBay, and I think it would come up with something else saying, if you like this, you might like this. And there was a bunch of stuff on there. I went, oh, look. It's one of those American cocktail cabs. You don't see many of them over here. They've got some at the Four Quarters. And I played mm-hmm. them there. I think they're actually um, Simon's own ones. I think he had a Galaxian and the Space Invaders. Because the Space Invaders and the Space Invaders Deluxe, which is our Space Invaders 2, same game, has got a little lever rather than a joystick or buttons to go left and right. Yeah, I prefer that. It's quite a fun little lever. Um, and I put a watch on it, and I think that the start bid was 250 quid, which is you know ridiculously cheap for that machine. It all works and everything. There's no problems with it. And it was on for days, and it, the time was run. It was like 11 hours left, and I said, oh, you know, so I put, I put a bid on it. And I sort of forgot about it. And as it come up, it's like, you know, there's five minutes left. So I left the phone on next to me. It was like two minutes. I was like, someone's going to put a snipe on this. They put one of those little snipey apps on there to, to get it at the last minute. And it ran out, and it said, congratulations, you've won Space Invaders Deluxe. I was like, no way. I didn't expect that. So I sort of bought it by accident. It wasn't a thing I consciously wanted. But I sort of <laughs> looked at it and thought, actually, it's quite a nice little thing. You know, I've been after a cocktail now. I haven't got one at the moment. So I'll have it, and I'll see what it's like, you know. So, yeah, I'm going to get a braze kit for it and keep hold of it until Benson Rad inevitably sells me his Trimline Invaders. Because he's going to. I'm sure he's going to do that. You might kind of bully him into it or guilt him into it some way. I will, I'll, I'll lever him somehow. We'll keep on at him, eh? For yeah, a few, we will. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how, how much are they worth then? As it reckon? stands, over double that. At least five or oh. 600 as it stands. It needs a little bit of work, but the game... When I got to the lady's house, it was in Greenwich, and there was nowhere to park, so I had a bit of a nightmare finding a place to park. She lived in this apartment, tiny little apartment... And so I had to get in all these security doors and everything. I had to leave the car around the corner, like about 500 yards away. And I got in there, and she was ever so nice, and she, she didn't really know what it was. What I think had happened is she'd moved into the flat because all the stuff was everywhere, and it was left there by the previous tenant. And she just sort of get rid of it. And she didn't have any feedback. It's probably the first time she used eBay. It's like zero feedback. It was like, you know, what a, what a lovely person. So she sort of didn't really know much about it. She was like, it works okay. I used to play these in the pubs when I was a kid. I said, yeah, yeah, so do I. I told her all about the podcast. And she was oh, you know all about them? I said, yeah, I know quite a bit about them. She's like, oh, brilliant. Okay, I'm glad it's going to someone who knows about it. So she plugged it in, and it had a really horrible 
wall wart, like a Euro power adapter thing. Because obviously mm. it's still on US US voltages, 120 volts, with those little two-pin plugs that the Americans have. And I sort of looked at this horrible-looking sort of dirty white thing. It looked like it just got off a campsite, and it wasn't man enough to run the game. I was like, look at that. She was like, oh, you might have to replace this. I was like, yes, I definitely will replace that. That's basically for shavers and hair dryers on holiday, not an arcade machine. Mm. I haven't got enough am- amps or watts to run it. So she put it on, it worked, came up, played a quick game. Uh, when the saucer went across the top, it made a funny noise. So it's obviously, there's a, there's a chip gone somewhere. Because the sound's TTL, the game just keeps running, it just doesn't have the sound. And the screen did go, it dimmed down and came back on again. So, oh, that's, you know, some caps need doing. It's an old black and white one. It's like 39 years old, for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. So I said, yeah, I'm, happy. I'm really happy with it. Thank you very much. And, you know, sort of took it. We took, sort of dragged it down her hallway on the carpet. It's ever so light little thing, really. She thought it was quite heavy, but I don't think she realised how heavy arcade machines can get. And I dragged it down the hallway, got it in the lift, and then luckily there was a sort of like one of the officers who runs around the place making sure everything's safe. He gave me a hand in the back of the car. I drove the car down, whipped it in the back like a, like a robbery, and ran off with it. Yeah. But it fitted in the car easy. It's a tiny little thing. They're really, really small. Smaller than I thought, actually. I couldn't remember how small they were. So I got it home and everything, plugged it all in, and actually what I did in the end is going to be a tech tip. So you'll hear about that right. at the end of this podcast. But oh. yeah, I was really happy with my, my buy. Really happy with it. Because I, I like Space Invaders, and I, as I said before, I, I've been wanting a trimline Space Invaders to go next to my Phoenix for a long time. And I've already ordered a Braze kit, which is the multi-game kit for it, which can play, I think, Space Invaders 1 and 2, a French version, another odd version, Galaxy Wars, maybe, and also the Mighty Lunar Rescue. Mm, I think Balloon Bomber's on there as well. It is, yeah. But it must be about, is it eight games, maybe? I don't know. There's quite a few games on it. Yeah, yeah. Space Invaders hardware. They're just left, right, and button games. And it also saves your high scores, which is cool. Mm. But also, it's a Space Invaders Deluxe machine, but it's got Space Invaders PCB in it. So it's been messed around with at one point in its life. Right. But I don't mind, because that, that braid kit can fit on either um, board sex. I think I think the hardware is exactly the same. It's just ROM swap, I think. So much yeah, that'd be good. That'd be yeah, good. really good. And the last one was a free pickup. Um, um, I found, on the way home from work on Friday, a free TV on the curb. It was sat on a little table, and it had a little notice pinned to it saying, free, working, please take. So I did take, with glee. Yeah, I ran off skipping with it. It's a 21-inch Toshiba TV. Got it home, plugged a pie in it just to check it out from AV. Works absolutely lovely. It's got a really nice picture. I didn't hear any sound on it, but I didn't try the sound out. But it's uh, another one saved from the big recycling centre in the sky. And I know someone who runs a games night now who might want it. Yeah. They'd be welcome to it if they want it. Yeah, thank you. That might, might come in handy to test stuff at home, you know. Yes, it's a nice little thing. Actually, there's, no, there's, no remote, there's no remote for it, but if you're using AV, you can just use the buttons on the front of it. You don't need remote. Mm, yeah, good. yeah. Nice, nice little TV. Actually, it's good condition. Awesome. Listener feedback. We have some feedback, and the first one is from Lance Thompson. Awesome new show. I presume that was the last mm. one we did. Matthew Bridge, jealous of your computer hall, were talking to me. Will be great, great fun going through that lot. I haven't had time to go through a lot of it yet, but I'm going to in the next week. Going to go through it. There's loads of Amiga discs. There must be some quality Amiga stuff in there, you know. Hmm. Yeah. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Not a fan of the Amiga. 
But yeah, I, I can't believe you didn't get your mum helping you with that when she was down. Mm, could have done. I bet she loves a bit of an Amiga game, doesn't she? Uh, Coronation Street. Not Amiga. Did, did, did she wonder what the blue things were? Were they some kind of biscuit or something? What are these blue things? These three and a half inch wafers? Are they any good? No, I just I left them all in the shed. Yeah, you've got a lot of stuff, though, so there's a lot to go through. Yeah, I'm looking a forward lot. to seeing some of this stuff, actually. I do like going through rubbish like that. Good rubbish, mind, but rubbish. Yeah, I, I think there's some cas- old cassettes and stuff. I'm sure I've seen one of the Dizzy games in a like a Spectrum. They're, they're Ooh, I hate in, a, in a like a Spectrum cassette format. So that would be yeah. There, there is a lot in these boxes, so I'm gonna have to have a, have a good look. There's a lot no, of collectors out there. Love that kind of stuff, though. So yeah, I'm sure you'll be, you'll be easy to shift it. So Tim Keeling's been saying, already listened to it, and it was fantastic as always. I listened to it at the gym, which is probably a bit dangerous, as you guys always make me laugh, just I'm trying to lift a 10-ton weight. Oh, God, he's strong, isn't he? He is. He is strong. Mark X Mosquito, great podcast, guys. At first, I thought I'd accidentally downloaded a, <laughs> a flipping football podcast. Sorry about that. I went a bit football crazy, didn't I? Luckily, it was just Vic banging on about how rubbish it is. I agree. Saying that, I have to disagree on the nonsense te- Tetris talk that the Atari Tetris is the best one. If you like Tetris, I strongly advise that you try Tetris Grandmaster Series. It was Japan and arcade only, so it goes overlooked, but it's by far the best version of tetris by miles with unique nuances i like a good nuance and advanced movement possibilities that other tetris games just don't have it's bloody beautiful and criminal that it's not played more by tetris fans like yourselves sort it out keep up the great work guys more from mark i thought the game space firebird sounded familiar this is a pick of my mate my mate took near his house a couple of years ago looks like a uk boot unfortunately it vanished a few weeks after he took the pick so Mark isn't quite right there with what he says about Tetris Grandmaster. The Atari Tetris is the best. Everybody knows this. It's the most accessible one, and it's the funnest one, and it's the smallest PCB. So that accounts for a lot of things. But he is right. Tetris the Grandmaster series is basically for really good Tetris players like himself. But I have actually completed Tetris the Grandmaster in the arcade. I think it was just sort of set on the easy level. And I did it all mm. the way through. It's a really, really great game. It's a really good version. And it's the one I think they have the, the, the crazy Japanese competitions on because it's the really fast one. It's one oh, of the ones where right. that guy can do it. And at the end, when the, the credits are coming down, everything's invisible. But you can only see like the next Tetris blocks. And he does it while they're invisible, going down at a rate of knots. It's crazy. If you haven't seen, seen the video, video for that, that, it's really, really impressive. I've yeah, it's a good version, like but the, the Atari one is the best. Well, after the Game Boy version, obviously, because that is the ultimate game. It's timeless, isn't it? People, yeah. people will be playing that like they'd be they'd be playing Monopoly like forever. Have you heard? Sorry, there's a new Monopoly with a credit card machine. Really? <laughs> yeah, it works it all out for you. You don't have to add up and. Oh, you're you joking? Know. No. Oh, that is that is that is idiocracy. It's That's modern... stupefying people. No, do a bit of sums for goodness' sake. It's not difficult. Come on. Yeah. Oh, Lord, I hate that sort of stuff. Jeff Prescott on seeing the Jungle King graphic, which is us. Uh, Fear the loincloth. Mm. Ooh. What was Greg... under that loincloth, Sean? We don't want to know. No. Biscuits. Uh, it probably, That's where you keep your biscuits, probably. isn't it? No. 
Anyway, Greg Mariotti, listened to the entire run over the past couple of months and I'm finally caught up. Thanks for the knowledge knowledge and all the laughs. Easily my favourite podcast going. Thanks, Greg. He's my new favourite listener. You also said his name wrong. Mariotti. Greg Mariotti. You know, big Greg Mariotti. Is, is he from New York? He's from New York. He runs, he runs a bagel shop. New York. Greg Mariotti. You know, Greg Mariotti's bagels. God, come on. Give me a break here. Go on. <laughs> Robert McNally Rafferty, big fan of the game. Like Moon Patrol, is in the list of games to play when I boot at Moon. I wouldn't bother owning an original cab since it's just a very simple joystick buttons game, but I do have a lot of fun with it. Mm. Love for Jungle King. Mm. Benson Rad, cool. Downloading this podcast right now for my commu- my commute. Hey, where's my score? That's two weeks in a row you've missed me. But it wasn't anything to shout about. Edit, actually thinking about it, I was about an hour after the deadline. I'll get my coat. You know what would help with his deadlines? Mm. If he sold that Space Invaders trim line to me. I'm sure he'd get his, his scores in a lot easier and things it would just go just... smoother to him. Because I've, I've put a hex on him until he sells me that damn machine. It wouldn't be distracting him, would it? Yeah, he's, he's doing himself a disservice keeping hold of that machine. Mm. It could be affecting his health even. Might do soon. <laughs> I send Greg Mariotti in. Greg, break his knees. Get his trim line. Ianski, nice one. Hope it gets a new good review, lol. I remember humming the tune on the way home from the seaside when I played it. He's talking about Jungle King again. Need to put a monitor back in mine and try that board out that I got from you, Vic. I gave him a Jungle King board to try out, which I got at the last revival. I took a punt on a board not knowing if it works or not. And he's got a machine to try it because it's got lots of different connectors. He's going to test it out for me. If it's any good, I'll sell it to him for cheap. Right, nice. Ed Horse, the lovely Ed Horse and his hooves. Great podcast. Just in time for my seven-hour round-trip drive yesterday. Love the pick on the po- podcast cover. Hilarious. Still think Jungle King isn't great. I like the idea of having the ability to move up and down the vine. That's what we said, didn't we? That'd be, mm. that'd be better, I think. Much Especially better. to dodge them monkey fellas. Monkey. The vines and my impatience was the worst level. The others I enjoyed. Always good to hear about your projects. There was some massive. That was some massive haul by the holster. He must save up for the pickup section once a year. Yeah, I, I do pickups by accident. Oops, I've won something. Better go and get it. Dole. I know people do drunk pick. We should do drunk pickups. We both get drunk and then see what we've got in the morning. I don't think I've ever done that, you know. I haven't. It's kind kind of dangerous because I'd be buying all sorts of rubbish. But a lot of the stuff I sort of get on, I don't really get that much on eBay. Is um. It's usually sought after, so it's usually a lot of people bid on it. But I got a feeling that cocktail cabinet I got was put in the wrong section or something because nobody bid on it. I think there was like eight watchers, and it was up on Monday night or something. So nobody nobody bid on it, which I find amazing because it was a working machine. It's stated on there the machine is original and it works, and no one put a bid on it. Crazy, absolutely Weird. crazy, yeah. Pete Han, another excellent episode, Victor and Sean. The X-Arcade hardware you mentioned is really exciting for the industry, and I personally can't wait because all the shmups already confirmed for it, like Super High Door and Infinos Exa. I don't know about that one, but I know about Super High Door, and I like that game. Uh, a shmup-focused podcast called The Electric Underground recently interviewed the CEO of X-Arcadia, and it's worth a listen for more info on the platform. We will put the, show, the link in the show notes. Take care, gents. And you, Pete. I've listened to a couple of those. Well, three or four Electric Undergrounds are very good. I need some more podcasts for work, so I will be listening to that one. Nice. 
Yeah, there's some real technical shoot 'em up info, and plus some good chat as well. I like it. Paul McCaskey, how you, Paul? Cheers for the shout out on the show. Great episode as always. In other news, I saw a lady pushing the what? Oh, I know what this is. Saw a lady pushing one of these around the supermarket the other day. Immediately thought the name sounded familiar. The shopping trolleys called Sholly. <laughs> have they got your silly face on the front of them? No, but they should have really. But oh, I'm going to make little masks up and stick them on there when the people are not looking. I go, who's that? Yeah. I go, Sholly. My, my uh, wife calls me Sholly sometimes. No, it's Sholly. Shoddy. She's calling you Shoddy. Oh, yeah. When that's you do the hoover and yeah. you miss the corners, rubbish. Yeah, corners are overrated. Oh, absolutely. Mark mm. Happydo sent us this awesome link. You guys just need to drink Stella and you will live forever. What's this What's about? This? Apparently, if you drink Stella, a hundred year old woman is partial to a can of Stella. I don't like Stella. It's all right. Oh, I don't like it. You're a lager lout, so you love it. I'm an IPA lout now. Mm, I know. IPA tastes like washing up liquid. Not like it. I'm drinking one now, actually. It's a brew dog, Elvis juice, grapefruit infused IPA. Look at that. Look. That sounds revolting. It's really nice. It smells lovely as well. Oh. Have you got the moobs, though? Doesn't IPA give you moobs? I've had them for a bit. I don't know if I think they're still they're okay. What you need is a nice negligee to hold them in. Yeah, negligee. I think I'm up to about a double D at the minute, but that's all right. It's okay. Anyway, Chris Plus Plus, he's back. Hi, Victor. I still think you guys would really enjoy Toy Pop, a Namco arcade game from 1986. It might already be on your listener suggestions list. It is, I checked, as I think maybe possibly I recommended it in the past. But in case my memory's bad, I thought I'd write it again. Here's some gameplay, and he showed us some gameplay of it. We we have talked about doing this, haven't we, I think? Well, let's let's make it the next listener pick, Toy Pop, yeah? Yeah, okay. Okay. I'm not sure when it is. It's a couple of shows time, isn't it? But yeah, we'll use Toy Pop. Yeah. Cheers, Chris Plus Plus. Roger Cantor. Great podcast as ever. Next month's game is one of my all-time favourites. So looking forward to that. What? Space Firebird? Really, Rog? Really? <laughs> one question, though. Is there any other way to submit scores for those of us not on Facebook or Twitter? And I said to Rog, just send me a PM on UK VAC. If any other listeners don't want to use Facebook or Twitter, which I completely understand... And you're on the forums. Just send me or Sean a message. Sean is Sean Holly. I'm Vertvik on the UK VAC forums. And our email addresses are at the end of the show. If you listen on the end, it's got our email address on there. So you can just send them like that if you like. And thanks for doing it. Nice. Well, this is not exactly listener feedback. I've been speaking to Garen from RGDS about his recent trip to Japan because I'm well interested in like Akihabara and whatever then that goes on there. So I got a quick 15 minute interview with him, which we can put in here. Hello and welcome to Garen Tungate from the RGDS podcast. How are you doing, fellow? You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, mate. Really good yourself. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I just wanted to catch up with you because you've been sending me a few lovely pictures on Twitter and that about your visit to Japan. I know, I know. I was lucky enough to to head over there and um, the balance of doing all things cultural coupled with going to the arcades, which is kind of the main reason I wanted to um, to go. I've always wanted to go to the home of the games that we, we love so much, really, mate. Excellent. So it was a couple of weeks ago, weren't it? It was. I got yeah. back. So we basically had three weeks in June out there, and I got back right at the end of June. Did you go to Akihabara? Akihabara. We did. We did. We had a deal that um, 
we'd do kind of a, the normal touristy bits in the day, then in the evening and on Sundays we'd kind of head round to Akiyam Habara and enjoy all the sights that the Electric City had to offer me. <laughs> Excellent. So, what was the scene like? You know, because our arcade scene is it's it's still there. It's you know you've got the up seaside stuff and that, and you've got arcade club and a, the few retro places. But what's the scene like there from what you've seen? Oh, it, it's it's really booming. So there's different arcades. And I say booming. The arcades were were all full, and I went to in to Mikado, which is a really fight orientated uh, arcade and it's got some old Sega sit-in arcades and retro arcades so that was kind of the retro arcade and that's on the west of the city right near Shinjuku and I, and I went there once and Ross who, who listens to the show that's kind of his favorite arcade but in um, Akihabara it was Taito Hay was the arcade that I would make a beeline to because that had a whole floor of um, smups in there, and, and that was where I would go to uh, as much as possible, if I'm honest, mate. Awesome. So you, you did send me pictures, and it looks like there was old games right back to sort of Truxton and, and right up to the modern bullet hell stuff. What what sort of was it? More shooters and fighters? Was that was there anything any kind of other games there? Yeah. So a lot of the arcades are on different floors. So Mikado is retro and smups mainly on the main floor and fighters on the second floor in Taito Hay a lot or like most of the arcades over there you've got the crane games on the on the the ground floor that's what kind of draws people in yeah then going up in in Taito Hay you've got some crane games a couple of driving games and it was smups on the floor then above that you had a fighter floor and above that there was some of like the the horse racing games that the, the more gambling orientated type of games up there and the some of the photo booths because I didn't realize just how large photo booths were in Japan with like young girls taking photos and that and there's always large queues outside each of the uh, the booths but the the shooter floor of Taito Hay was where I spent the majority of my time these fo- these photo booths, you think they just use your phone, wouldn't you? Like like us Westerners or not? Yeah, but they they don't. It's all enhanced, and they obviously put filters on of the latest uh, anime craze uh, over in Japan, and and this it seems very popular. Kind of sort of harmless fun with it, but very busy. God. So, so what shooters did you see? All the cave games, and it's Yay. to see them all all in a row was like. Oh, oh, which one? Which one? And and I said to my partner Judina that when we got there, I was gonna kind of play all of the games, but I realised the time it would take. Uh, the first night I played a few. The very first game I played in uh, Japan was um, Truxton Two. That that was kind of the first game, and I went to the cave games. But we went back, and I, I worked out a routine. That if I set my other half up with a book. <laughs> and some coffees in a, in a coffee shop just near Tato Hay. I could get like two or three hours in with no complaints whatsoever. Get it. So I went through playing um a lot of the cave games. So Dodon Patchy was 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 a key one to have a look at and, and just go uh so Ketsui, 
and um, Espagula, all they're all all there, but seeing them all together was really odd. And they do live stream some of them from the arcade. So Mikado live streams, and so does Tato Hay at certain times. You can see some of these players really um, excel. But like uh, Vic said before I went, he goes, the Japanese guys will practice at home and go and like go for real in the arcades and. I saw some amazing players and some things that I only ever seen on YouTube's uh, from some of the gameplay. Yeah, you sent me a video and that looks amazing. It, yeah, is, is it hundred? What is it? You pay like hundred yen a credit, or is there is another way that you pay on these games? So hundred yen, but you can different arcade or different arcade manufacturers have got different um, like IC cards that will keep the game scores and memory, and and you can like. But I had a, I had a, a Pasmo card which you top up with money, and the the machines have got card readers so you can you you top up as you go in a hundred yen. But some of the games and some of the other arcades, some of the smaller independent ones, you can hire a machine by the hour. So you pay by the hour for the machine. I know that's wow. some of the um, top smut players will pay by the hour for like Dijon Patchy, and a, and apparently that's really popular with like the guilty gear players and the fighting game players in these arcades you you like just rent the machine really for an hour how much was that did you ever find out no i didn't find out um so i only sort of found out about that in like the last few days when i was over there god that's that's unusual isn't it the other one that interests me i don't know if you saw them there's like kind of a a card game built into a video game. You, you place cards on a flat sort of panel in front of the machine. Did you see any of them? Yeah, there's lots of them, and you buy all different cards. Georgina bought me a pack of the cards, and you get wallets to put them in. There's lots of what we'd call mobile games over there that um, on, on arcade machines that are like MOBAs. Uh, Final Fantasy is one, Soul Reverse. They've got banks of machines where you play, and they've also got like a control machine called a library, and that's where you can top your cards up and save and add um, other attributes to to your cards. And, and they're they're really really popular. You have to um, people are queuing to get on them. Wow, that's that's amazing. Also, you mentioned in our Twitter chat something about a rewind feature. What did you look into that? A rewind feature on on games. Yeah, so it looks like it costs a credit, and then it kind of goes back. Um, I think it's like twenty seconds that <laughs> it just rewinds the game because a lot of the games have got uh, the the ashtray that they've all kind of got, and they've got headphone sockets as well, so you can. Uh, zone out and some of the smups have got a, a replay switch so it, it, it just rewinds it looks as when people are practiced if they make a mistake they go back until they learn their route through the game and that was shooters as well as other other things was it yeah it, it was really um really odd because most of the machines over there were egret twos there's some egret threes but i think the majority were, were twos that um the shooters were in and the fighters were in uh, I think Vulux, a lot of... Is it Tato Vulux cabinets? Vulix, yeah. Vulix, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So there, there was a lot of those, but they weren't in um in the floor that I, I kind of spent most time on. But it, it was really good. I think I got... I was surprised by the fact I got more into Darius with um 
all the different Darius machines. And I always used to like it back in the day. But when you're sitting in the machine and you've got kind of like a six-foot screen in front of you, it, it brings a whole new dimension <laughs> to, to the game. But some of the sitting games are so like Denture to go, the train one was yeah. in- incredible. So you could sit three people along it. And again, that was popular. Oh, but with, with with the shooter, Sean, it was seeing people. So like, I'm, I'm 50. But I have to say that where they had sort of rows, there was a row of the cave shooters and some of the more modern runs, um, like Raiden Fighters and that. And the row next to it was some of the older ones, like Area 88, Truxton Staff, or some of the, the ones that we kind of um, associate with, with arcades of old. And people our age were, the salarymen were coming in after work and say, so Truxton 2 Touch, as you know, was massively popular. And people just watch other people play. They'll have their game and, and they'll sit in it. And I watched someone loop Truxton 2, get to the last boss and thought, that's amazing. <laughs> then the next guy got on it, cleared the first, looped the game with one life. And it's like, well, there you go. He's played this before. <laughs> it's an old game as well. It's like 1993. It's amazing how these games still are popular. Even even the cave games, like some of them are 2000. And they've got this universal appeal, haven't they? They just never, never fade away because people just love them and practice at them and become awesome at them. Yeah, there was um, uh, a teenage girl there. She, she's probably late teens, and and she went. She'd looped uh, Dojon Patchy. <laughs> God. And it was like, then I spent a lot of time where I, my view was. I'm going to play everything. There's some people play games where you kind of two or three people. You just stood around and watched. I've never seen anyone kind of loop Dojon Patchy, Black Label, other than YouTube, and then get to um the, the 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 real last boss he didn't finish the game he died on the last boss but it was just phenomenal watching yeah wow i'd, I'd love to go I really would one day maybe and- yeah and it's good the rhythm games were where we, we again you, you stood and watched they've got some drum ones and you, you sit in and you've got a, a like a booth and you've got this whole drum set and some of the people are, are, are just amazing at it, and you do get crowds of people watching other um, other players, and, you, and they show their appreciation when someone finishes a game. They'll kind of bow, and a couple of times they gave a polite clap. And you know, you <laughs> when, when people are doing that, they they really respect that um, the players. It's, it's really good to see. Brilliant. It's different culture, isn't it? So, so what um, what pickups did you get? Because I saw the pictures, you got loads. Didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. I've, I, I, tr- I, had, I had a view with my collection. I was going to go. It started around shooters, and I thought, well, I will kind of focus on shooters. And, and over the, the next few months, I'll offload some of the other bits. So I went around and I had a kind of a list. And I've been after the cave collection box set. Oh, yeah. And I kind of. Hadn't seen it, and every place I went to, I so went to. There's a lot of uh, shops called Trader and Book Off, and they they're second-hand shops. Where like obviously like around books and some clothing, but their their game selections really good. So from that, I got a lot of um, the Xbox 360 
shooter so picked up a few special edition of the cave games and some normal ones and they were quite reasonable what kind of price so about data on patchy about 18 pounds oh that's not bad is it so there's a lot that were quite reasonable for the normal edition ones some of the limited edition ones got higher so the the 360 games prices were reasonable where it got kind of more expensive is when you go to Akihabara and go to shops like Beep and Super Potato, the real specialist retro shops, that the prices go up, but you're looking at like the the PC Engine and the Mega Drive and, and PS2. I was kind of surprised by how much the Mega Drive games still still cost. So um, still like a couple hundred pounds for things like Battle Mania. Trucks wow. on a PC engine was would have been the equivalent of like two hundred and fifty pounds. I saw a few of the like the the caravan hue cards for the PC engine, Superstar Soldier and and Korean, so they were quite expensive. Also yeah. Star Soldier and, and Gunhead and that. But I did get the cave uh, collection box set, but that was on the last day when I've already spent loads. I picked up a Darius. Uh, 30th, I think it was, edition, um, anniversary edition, which comes with Darius with a PS4 and a, a CD of every the music of every Darius game. And, and they're really big. So I've got a couple of Toa Plan game CDs and all of the special, all of the special edition games that the music and the soundtrack comes with it. And in Super Potato, there's a whole CD section, um, of, of game music so I didn't quite appreciate just how large a scene that was and also the gameplay DVDs the Superplay DVDs still hold their money so I was lucky enough to get all the cave ones in the um, in the collection but it was really good to, to get to see that and I got some PS2 games that I hadn't got before so I got a Borough and I got some uh, Thundercross and some of the ones that Hamster done of the old arcade games that come with the music and a kind of a dvd making of so like um scramble and time pilot and mooncrester wow brilliant! So it, was, uh, it was an amazing time so just to finish g if you had to recommend one shop to go to and one arcade to go to what what would you what would you recommend for you for you sean yeah i would recommend beep because they have um, a little cave section, and I would recommend Taito High Hey because the they've got the most cave shooters all in a row, and Brilliant. I know you like to shoot things in the face. Shoot them right in the face. All right, yeah. Thanks for coming on, Garen. Appreciate it. It's been really, really good. I, I'm just so interested in that scene. It just sounds fantastic. And the thing that always I, I love the phrase "salary men." I know it was something that was coined in the eighties, weren't it? These these Japanese guys, these Japanese suits that used to go after work to to put to put, yeah. put the suitcase down the whatever you call it, not a suitcase. What do you call it? The briefcase. Briefcase. That's a word. But that's true, mate. We were um we were walking back one morning about uh, one o'clock going back to the hotel and then there were there were still groups of people out and you could kind of see the leader of the group or the most more senior person leading the charge 
and he could see the people at the back of a flag and he just wanted to go home. And you're thinking, it's one o'clock in the morning. You guys have got to get home, get to sleep, get up again, get ready for work and go back to work again. But there's whole whole groups of them. And there's what the, probably one of the latest we got back was kind of about three in the morning. And they've got karaoke bars, but they're whole karaoke buildings on different floors. And seeing a crowd of people outside a karaoke uh, building waiting to go in at that time in the morning, you know you're in a, a big, busy city, don't you? That's crazy. Yeah, so the arcade stayed open, like Taito Hay stayed open all night kind of thing. I, I think it, I think some do, but I left them normally about half 11, 12 to get, sort of get back. It was a bit of... I want to play the arcades, but there's also a bit I don't want to get a good beating from the other half uh, for taking them. <laughs> but I was lucky. There was a Sega arcade next door to the hotel we stayed in Sinjuku, and um, that had uh, a new Sega racing game where it matched you up with people from around uh, the country, and, and I I played that a lot. I probably played that every day because I could just say I'm nipping out for 20 minutes, and it was quite good to have my card, so I was levelling up. Um, each day so when i go back i can take my card and i'll be like level 11 <laughs> that's a big thing they're into isn't it leveling like the initial d games are all leveling and the wangan maximum tune or whatever they're called they're all leveling yeah. up aren't they? Uh, and, um you beat that i know vic likes mm. i went um and joined that and played that and you you pay play people and it was it was good and i saw someone play initial d who who was level 60 and, and it was just like he was at one with with that machine it was, it was amazing it's just great to watch great players isn't it it really it is. is it is yeah right thank you very much sir and we'll catch you on the next rgds i would think the next one you're on yeah we've got a, an a to z of um smups uh coming up soon which be oh good. bloody hell <laughs> i love that one all right thanks garen you're welcome take care thank take you care, mate. cheers there you go well, I talked to Garen in the flesh a couple of weeks ago uh, after we'd been to the London gaming market. He was telling us, I was with my wife as well, and we've obviously been to Japan before for our honeymoon. And he was there with his partner. We were all talking about Japan and how just, just how awesome it is. And he went to stuff that I missed there, and I was telling him about stuff that he missed there. So there's, there's another trip there somewhere, and we want to go back for our 10-year anniversary, which is 2020. So we should oh, go back nice. there. I think we're going to go back there. I do want to go there again. There's, there's other parts of the country I want to see as well. But yeah, it's it's awesome. Japan is such a... And not just for the arcade stuff. You know, there's a lot mm. of stuff there. The culture is very, very different and very lovely. The food's amazing. It's just it's just a great place to be. So if you ever get a chance to go there, it's quite expensive getting there. It's quite expensive staying there. But I totally recommend Japan. It's a lovely place. Mm. After the interview finished, you said, oh, I forgot to mention a cool arcade spare shop. And he sent me some photos. Oh, is that Mac? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I went to Mac. Mac is in Akihabara. Is it Akihabara or Akihabara? Akihabara. Don't know what Uh, it is. How do you say it? I call it Akiba. That's the the slang name for it, Akiba. Ooh. Anyway, it's on the fifth or sixth floor of this shop, and you have to get a lift lift to it. It's a small shop that's packed with arcade goodness from PCBs to arcade sticks. The shopkeeper was brilliant as he spoke the same amount as English as I did Japanese, but we got there thanks to Google Translate. I didn't. They didn't have any cave boards, but they did have loads of great other boards. So there's some some photos we'll put in. 
and there's lots of stuff there. It looks really good shop. Yeah, it really reminds me of when I was in there. There's tons of stuff in there, and the, the people are really, really friendly. If you buy a board there, I bought a few boards there when I was there, they will not let you take them without them plugging them into a Supergun and letting you have a play on them first and making sure you're happy with the purchase. They will not let you take it away. They have to. They get, They take it out of the wrapper, test it all for you, let you play it on a little controller, and then they will sell it to you. They're really, really good in there, and there's so much stuff in it. It's unbelievable. If I, th- I think, if I remember rightly, that's the one with the lift. You can only just about get two people in. It's, right. like a, it's like a really small, tiny little one-door lift, and it's about you know, two foot square. It's really, really small. But yeah, Max, a brilliant place. Really cool place to hang out as well. Mm. I will put all of Garen's pictures on the website for people to look at. Oh, so much stuff there. It's unreal. Oh, look at look at them boards. All the Taito boards everywhere. CPS two stuff. Way yeah, yeah. And some cabs I got in there as well. I probably use the cabs to try the games out on as well. Shout out. Let's have a shout out for Whitney who had a birthday last Sunday. He is a sprightly 12 years old now. Is he 12? 12, yeah, he's getting a big boy. God, excellent. Uh, Daz and Tagster on the RK Perfect podcast, which I talked to this morning. Uh, Garen for sharing his Japanese stories with us and his biscuits. And of course, Island Pirate James and his wife, Sailor Sarah, for sending that big old Canadian box of goodness. I really need to get a recorded chat with him about his collecting adventures. He gets up to all sorts of arcade shenanigans. He's been buying yeah. he's been buying a ton of cabs lately. I'm quite jealous about his cabs. And he is such a generous person. He sent me all them PCBs for nothing. God. So he's really, really good. So I, I sent him something a little while back. I made him a little connector up. But it's not payment enough. I need to find something he likes and send it to him. So I have to work some out. I know. Oh God, I'll talk to you off air later. What we can send him? I just thought nice. of something. Nice. Does he like English biscuits? Oh, he will do. Mm. And one of the last shouts for me is for a guy called Paul, who is who is Astra, who is apostrophe Ace on UK Vac. I did a little deal with him where I sent him some of my broken boards he wanted, and. Rather than getting him to pay me for them, he's fixing some of my broken PCBs I want repaired. And mm. he's repaired like three or four of them in about three days. He's gone mad on them. Right, he's got my Star Force working. He's got my Volgus working already. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Good shoot. He's got my Phoenix spare board working. The original I got a little while ago. Never worked. Yeah, he's been really busy. Uh, he's been trying to get my Circus Charlie, my second Circus Charlie working. But he thinks there's a custom on it that's broke down. But it right. might have been replaced on the bootleg I've got with a, a series of parts. So rather than using one custom chip, the, the bootleggers have made a little board with certain parts on it to, to emulate it. And he reckons that that could be used. So I might have two Circus Charlie boards before long. And he's he's getting on to fixing the Time Pilot 84, the original I bought. But he reckons oh, there's, there's a lot of things gone wrong with that. And I said to him, mate, if it's too much, just leave it. Don't worry about it. You've, you've done enough for me. And he's he's adamant he can get it going he's like i've already replaced 15 things of this that and i was like cripes that's a lot i wouldn't have even bothered so he's doing a really good job for me so massive shout outs to you thank you Mm. i'll just give a shout out to the scottish lads last night arcade club had a good game with them mark and jerry mark armstrong and jerry from scotland glasgow and obviously Charlie Farr, we had a good chat with, and all the arcade club people who had a good laugh with. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've got another little thing as well. I haven't done it for a while, but for James and Sarah, 
A ping. A ping. Thank you for all your mad stories you keep sending me and that box of loveliness. Thank you very much again. Sean's Curio Corner. Go on, tell him about this section you made up, Sean. No. Admit it. Come on. Tell the listeners what's going on with the Curio Corner. Curio Corner is... It's ran for a couple of episodes, but... One. I've, uh, I did two. Did you do two? Yeah. Go on. This is but Curio a... Corner. I look into the more obscure games, cabinets and stories from the arcade world. <laughs> what's but going on with a... it, Sean? I've got a bit bored of it, Vic. <sighs> I think if there's if there is anything curious and obscure, I can just mention it in other news. But I've got bored of it. It's too it's too much work. I was tired. So you should be flayed with twigs or twiglets. Yeah, twiglets would be better. Sean, and then you put loads of swearing after Sean. that. Sean, yeah. What? <laughs> I, I might re- resurrect it in the future. You never know. You'll need resurrecting by the time I finish with you, young man. Oh. Have some of this. Oh. Oh, I, I could be a zombie on House of the Dead and come back and get you. Right, I tell you what, Sean. Let's yeah. go on to a, a segment that I actually put some effort into, shall we? You haven't done this for ages, actually. Or, or one that just came up recently. <laughs> you haven't done this for at least seven months, right? Or then. maybe maybe three episodes. Go on. Tech tips. This is converting a game from a foreign power supply into a UK power supply. It could be around the other way as well. There's different rules for different places. But the UK, as you know, is different power supply from the US. So I want to just It just involves jam, doesn't it? Like no, strawberry jam. Please no? don't involve jam with AC power supplies. Please okay. don't involve jam. That's just the jammer thing. Oh. And it only goes on in your mind, remember? Right. Yeah, and probably tags sure? Yeah. The yeah. shoe buns. Mm. Anyway, as we know from earlier on in the, in the episode, I won a lovely, lovely Midway Invaders Deluxe Cocktail Cab from eBay. When I tested the machine at the seller's house, she was running off a travel adapter rated at 1,500 watts. I'm pretty sure that isn't enough to run the game off of, and it's probably dangerous in the long term. I think the thing will get hot. And as I mentioned, the screen went off while I was playing it and then back on. So I was a bit suspicious of the evil-looking wall walk, but that is nothing to do with it, because when I've actually finished off this tech tip it kept doing it still so there's, there's something wrong with the mod. i think it just needs a cap kit or some parts replacing it's 39 years old remember mm. i wonder if those things are called wall warts because they're ugly buggers what is a wall wart go on it's basically a power supply that's got a big lump plug on the wall and the wire yeah. comes off it to go to your console or whatever you're pl- you're running off the converter but it's basically just a, a power supply but right. rather than having a wire from the plug to a big lump and then a wire to whatever you're running, it, the lump is actually plugged into the wall. So it's a wall wart, a wart on the wall. Right, got you. Anywho, I could buy a decent-powered US step-down or have a look to see if I could convert the cab internally to UK voltages. Because you can get step-downs. It's like a box, basically. You plug into the UK supply on the wall, and it's got usually two US plugs on the front of it, and you plug your, your game into that. So it converts it from 230... 240 UK voltage down to 120 US voltages. So Yeah, J- James RGP uses a couple of them for his cabs. Yeah, but the old, the alternative is to actually convert the inside of the machine, which is sometimes possible, sometimes not. It depends what you've got inside. So to note, this is taken from the internet, 
Just as it was in 1960, the supply voltage to domestic properties in the UK is still nominally 240 volts, tronads, AC at 50 hertz, although the declared voltage in the UK is now 230 volts, AC, tronads, plus 10% to minus 6%. So historically, the domestic voltage was 240 volts plus or minus 6%, and 415 volts for three-phase, which is what I use at work for the machines, because they're heavier mm-hmm power supply, whilst continental Europe was 220 volts or 380 volts three-phase. So that's what the UK is. It's sort of between 230 and 240. There is there is quite a tolerance between it. So after I cracked the game open, I had to drill the coin lock as well because there wasn't any keys with it. Of yeah. course, when I drilled it open, opened the door up, found a set of spare keys inside the machine in the coin box. Oh! Oops. I've done that a few times, you know. You drilled mm. the lock and ruined the lock, and you find the keys inside the flipping machine because obviously someone had put the spares in the machine and lost the originals. Idiots. <laughs> so I found the internal transformer actually inside the machine, which is bolted into the machine, and the input wires, which go to the AC wall plug, were soldered. So it goes from the wall wall into this inside the machine to the transformer on the first side yeah. of the transformer, which is the input, right? And it was soldered to zero volts and 115 volts. It's the neutral. And the live is wired to zero volts and one fifteen. Doesn't matter which way around they go because it's alter- alternating current. Doesn't matter. Not like DC where you've got either red and the black, whatever colours they are on the on the plus and the minus. Doesn't matter. So in the United States of America and Canada, this is from the internet as well. A national standard specified the nominal range at the source should be one hundred and twenty volts and allow a range of one hundred and fourteen volts to one hundred and twenty six volts. So this machine was wired to one hundred and fifteen, which is near enough. Yeah. So the transformer's function is to transform the home AC voltage to lower voltages used by the cab. In this case, for the PCB, CoinMec, AMP, etc. The monitor in this cab has its own transformer built in. So you need to worry at the moment about an isolation transformer for that particular monitor. There are also extra input lugs on the transformer marks 220 volts, 230 volts and 240 volts. So I decided to unsolder the 115 volt wire and attach it to the 230 volt lug. They are fairly wide tolerances to UK volts, as explained earlier, and I could actually use any of the other lugs. You can use 220, 230, or 240. It would actually work still. The cab is now wired to UK AC, but the monitor is still set to 120 volts. So the cab is now wired to 230 volts, and the the voltages coming from the transformer are stepped down to use internally, are now correct, because it, it supplies right. the, the power supply to the, the, the game board, then it brings it down to plus... Five twelves minus fives to the game board, so that part of it is now done. But it also spurs off that 115 volts to the monitor, which is actually 120 volts. It doesn't matter about the five volts. So if I run that now, it'd be sending 230 volts to a monitor, expecting 120 volts, and that is not a good thing. Mm, it blow it up as a It would. It would. I think it would just blow fuses, but it wouldn't be good for the monitor, and it could damage it. So on further investigation. Uh, which is actually looking at near-perfectly intact 39-year-old stickers on the monitor, I found a cardboard cover which stated that there was a voltage sector belief beneath. Do not uncover when powered on. So I turned the machine off, obviously, undid the, the, the little screws holding the little cardboard cover on, took it off, and there was some spade connectors there, three spade connectors, and it actually had on another sticker, you could run this off three different voltages. So I pulled the spade connector off 120 and rammed it back on the 230 volt, which is what the transformer is now being supplied by and is spurred off to the monitor. So now everything should be okay. 
With all this done, I was ready to snip off the teeny-weeny US plug. US plugs are so much more compact and cuter than our ugly-ass three-pin plugs that we use. And they are a lot less painful to step on as well. I've actually done it. They're not as bad because they're usually round plugs. Mm. So you can't really hurt yourself. Where our ones are like gin traps. You step on a UK plug, you're in hospital for a week. (laughs) Horrible things. Mm. Like Lego, innit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, just like Lego. Uh, And that's a wire up a standard UK plug. So now, normally, if I wasn't so confident about what I'd done, uh, which was pretty standard and straightforward, I'd disconnect the PCB and monitor and measure the power inputs on my multimeter to make sure that the monitor was actually getting 230 volts. You know, when you plug it in, you can test it to make sure 230 volts is going to go into that power connector, into the monitor. But because I'd selected it and the PCB was getting whatever it needed from the power PCB, I was pretty confident this is exactly what an op would do after importing a machine. So I threw the power switch and kept a good eye on the monitor from the neck glow at the back. But the first thing that lit up were the little control panel bulbs, because behind the control panel, it's got like a little sort of plastic area, and it lights up from behind, so you can actually see your control panel in the dark. It's really mm-hmm. cute. So then bulbs came on, so I knew some they were being powered correctly, otherwise they were just blown immediately, and the thing would have gone up in a puff of smoke. So I knew it was working. Uh, so everything was hunky-dory at Space Invaders HQ. Nice. So I had a nice game of it. And a few minutes afterwards, the screen faded and went off. But I'm sure this is just cap-related or dry joints on a monitor. So when I've got time, I'll pull a monitor out and just go over it. Just go over the things. Re- replace caps because they've probably not been done for a while, if at all. And yeah, so happy with that. So that's how you convert a cab. If it's convertible, you can do it. I did it on my centipede as well because my centipede was a US voltage when it came through. That's fairly simple to do. You just have a bit more confidence and some common sense with uk voltages and i think even if the worst came to the worst you just blow the breaker in your house if anything went wrong <laughs> yeah which is yeah. you know it's just, just a trip and it? you just press the button and it comes back on yeah but if you're not confident about doing this and you don't know the ins and outs of how to do it please don't do it get someone qualified to do it for you and i do know how to do yeah. it and i proved it do you know what what? I understood. I understood about eighty percent of that, so I'm actually getting better. You are learning, son. Well done. I am, aren't I? Yeah. If if I sh- if you were with me while I did it and I showed you, it would make perfect sense. You'd understand it in two seconds. It's very very mm-hmm. straightforward. It's a case of swapping a wire over, swapping a connector over, and you're done. Because these these machines weren't just designed to be used in U.S. territories or territories with 120 volt with that particular plug. They went abroad and, you know, different places and they were in, you know, imported places. So, obviously, when the UK got a lot of Space Invaders cocktail machines back in the 70s, which were all from Japan, and mm. what they did there is I think they put an extra transformer in, which transformed R240 volts down to 100 volts for Japanese stuff, and then it just plays from there. It's just got an extra transformer in the way. But on a lot of these machines, the transformer's got a load of different input and output lugs. So your input lug, you just change it to what voltage you're using, just move a wire over, and that's it. That's all you need to do. And obviously, if the, the monitor has got a separate transformer, you can just move that over as well. It's that simple, just selecting the different voltages. And on later machines, on jammer machines, a lot of the, the switching power supplies have got a switch on to use 230 or 115 volts, which is basically covers most of the world's voltages or yeah. close to you don't have to have them bang on with ac that's the thing but mm. with with dc remember when you, you you set your five volts 
to run your PCB. That's quite fine adjustment. And you don't really want to go over like 0.15 of a volt. You want it on 5 or close to 505, something like that. But with AC, you can. it's quite a tolerance between the two. Not so, so important. See, I always thought Transformers were robots in disguise. Have you seen that little guy who turns into a Porsche? He is so cool. But actually, Transformers also take your alternating current and change it to direct current. Correct. And it's also a Lou Reed album. It is, isn't it? Mm. Have you heard that? Do you like him? Uh, I like the Velvet Underground, some of the Velvet Underground songs. Some Lou Reed's songs were good. Some were a bit pretentious nonsense, but yeah, not so bad. Mm. Saw him live years ago, by accident. I was at Glastonbury, and he was on. He was, he was on before Shakespeare's Sister, so yeah, I saw a bit of him. <laughs> I think I was watching Carter USM in another, another tent. Right? Was he on his own? He wouldn't have been with the Velvet Underground, would he? No, half of them were dead. I think he was just on his own. Yeah. Oh mm. well. Anyway, what were we on about, Rick? Arcade games. Yes. 1989, Sean. Best games by year. Yes. I was 16. It was a good year. I was 19. And one of the best three Cure albums released this year, Disintegration. Mm. Mm. You have mentioned the the birth, well, not the birth, the rise of house music and acid house during this time. It was a very exciting time for electronic music, Vic. No, I didn't. First one we're going to talk about is Badlands from Atari. <laughs> it was kind of like an upgraded Super Sprint. You ever played Badlands? Yeah, I liked it. I had it on the Amiga, actually. It's a really good version. I think Super Sprint was good on the Amiga, actually. I know you're not into your Amiga, but I liked it. Hmm, good. Dragon Breed by Irem. Awesome horizontal shooter from the people who made R-Type. Yeah, there's also Saint Dragon in this year. I've just remembered that. I think Saint Dragon was similar to Dragon Breed. There are a few Dragon games. There's Dragon Spirit as well. Is that a Namco game? That's a vertical, yeah. Yeah, there's a few Dragon-y games, isn't there? Mm. Another one from Atari. It's an odd little game, this. Escape from the Planet of the Robot Monsters. It seems like a daft Atari romp with their signature late 80s style. I think it needs analogue controllers, as it doesn't quite play right on main. But it is a fun it game is, to play in the arcade. I remember playing it back in the day. It was good. Silly it is at Arcade Club, and I've played a bit of it. <gasps> really? Yeah. Ooh. Next time I'm up there, remind me to play that, because I need to play that again on a proper cab, because I can play that with that new joystick I've got if it's analogue. Right, Vic, cool. next time you're at Arcade Club, play Escape from the Planet of the Robot Monsters. Record this bit off the podcast, right? Put it on yeah. your phone and play it to me next time I see you. Okay. Final Fight from Capcom. Probably the best fight-and-go-right game. Very, very close contention with Punisher and Ninja Commando, which are also very good games from Capcom. Mm-hmm. Golden Axe from Sega. I loved this in the arcade, and when I bought my brand-new Mega Drive 2 back in the day... Came with a three-in-one cart with Shinobi Three and Streets of Rage. That yeah, is that yeah. is a killer app for a machine. That is having those three games together. Awesome stuff. Gradius Three, which I sort of own, uh, from Konami. Better than Vulcan Venture, I reckon. Destroy them all. Yeah, I'm not very familiar with this, to be honest. Vulcan Venture is that PCB I fixed a couple of weeks ago. Remember, I added, I, I changed a load of EEPROMs on it and change one of the RAMs over. I was playing it just mm. the other day on the Super Garden because I tested that board out for you, and I thought, I'll just put this on, make sure it's okay still. And I was playing it, I did the first level in a bit, and as I was playing it, it developed 
jail bars on the screen, you know, lines on the screen. I thought, for God's sake, not again. Mm-hmm. And when I turned the machine off and back on again, it came up with a RAM 7. The first RAM went, and now RAM 7's gone. So luckily I bought two RAMs. I'll replace that when I've got some time. Stupid right. game. They were really, <laughs> really pushing the hardware. I was talking to Porchy about this, who's our expert, expert PCB fixer. And he's got my Gradius 3. He's trying to fix it in vain. And um, he was saying, yeah, they, they were really pushing the hardware. So it runs hot and stuff breaks down quite a bit on it. And it was, wasn't really man enough for what was going on on the screen. So, yeah, that one's gone down again. Stupid game. Right. Hellfire by Terraplan Taito, just for you, Mr. Holly. A horizontal shooter, not as polished as the Irem games, I don't reckon. Yeah, you can use different about I think it's four I think it's four different firing techniques on this. You've got horizontal, vertical. Yeah, it's it's quite involved. I've not played it a lot to be honest, because it's it's a horizontal, you know, like the verticals with Terraplan. Yeah, that, that game in particular, it seems quite confusing to be able to move your your, your your guns around a lot because I think you can fire like in an X shape up and down backwards and forwards. Mm. I know you do a little bit of that with R-Type where you move your your cannon from the back to the front and stuff which I think is a lot easier but that one's a bit too much for me. Insector X from Taito. This is another one of those Q-Mots I really like. Looks like the graphics from the same team as Rainbow Islands. Very similar style. Is this what Flintster had at Revival in a is this is this what he had in a uh, Dino King? It rings a bell now. You said that, but it's such a cute little game. It's a, it's a horizontal shooter where you're shooting like bees and bugs and stuff. And I, we've got to put it on our list of games to play because it's a really nice little game. It's a lovely little game. Really cool. I'm, I'm writing that down. Vic. Write it down. Insector X. There you go. So that's all right. You've got some eyes to put in there. Your eyes. Iron. Iron Man Ivan Stewart Super Off Road by Leyland or Leland. But this was released in 99. I quite like this. This is another Amiga one, actually. Amiga was. It was doing well in 89, wasn't it? So I think no. it was getting quite, quite a few arcade conversions. And MAME says, right, this was the first arcade game to feature dynamic play adjustment. The CPU would change the speed and skill of the grey car, which was supposed to be Mr. Ivan Stewart himself, in relation to the performance of the game. So it, it's, it's got sort of AI in it. They reckon it's the first, well... No, it wasn't. There was, there was games way before that that altered the game to your your talents didn't it you what were you playing a little while ago they did that so if you didn't get shot in the first few levels it gets harder what was that game we were playing that was strikers did that but the 1945 but that's a later game yeah but there, there were some earlier ones in this i'm sure Crow. i'm sure there is because there was one pretty... that you could set in the dip switch sense remember it's only a few games ago we did it whatever it was you can set it to do that Ooh, I can't remember. Iron Man Stewart, I see these games a lot, and when they come up for sale, nobody ever wants them because they're massive. They have three steering wheels. Yeah, they have. It's got a really tall marquee topper as well, hasn't it? It's a huge machine. I walked past one. It's got Iron Man on the side. I walked past one last night, but I don't remember the topper. Was it the IPA? No, I was was driving last night, actually. Mm. Anyway, clacks. Clacks. Wave. Lovely positive from Atari with awesome sounds. I really regret selling... I had two cabarets of this. I had an actual Klax cabaret, and I had another one I I imported in from Germany, which was converted to, um, like, a a silly betting game. You know, one of those poker game things. 
and I converted yeah. it back just to a Gemma machine. I sold it in there, but I could have made it into a Tetris because that's what the factory Ooh. conversions of Klaxes were done by Atari. They made it into Tetris. So I could have had a Tetris and a Klax together. Now, I would love that. And the person who owns my Klax, I got hold of them, he has agreed to sell it back to me if he ever sells it. So hopefully he will want it to get rid of it one day and I'll have it back. I love that game. I really like Klax. It's a super game. I've got an original PCB for it still as well. I also had this on the Amiga and I got well into it. Yeah, the Klax uh, on the home ports was really well done. It was good on the links as well, I remember. Mm-hmm. So that's a good game. Uh, Legend of Hero Tonba, another one from Irem. It's one of many from Irem this year. More Irem goodness. They were really on the case in 1989. It's a really nice little sort of uh, platformy game. Uh, it's mm. another one we might have to play, you know, because it's quite a bit of depth to it. Yes. Yeah, we'll have to have a look at that. Uh, Pang from Capcom, the original one. Bubble busting goodness. I had this on the SNES, Super Pang, great game. Mm, there was quite a few uh, ones released afterwards, up to it was three or four maybe, uh, from yeah. Mitchell, um, released from Capcom. Super Pang, really Super Pang. God, this Pang is good. Yeah, Pang, oh my lord, Pang. I can't <laughs> believe it's not Pang. Yeah. Uh, plus Alpha from Jalico, a uh, personal favourite of mine. Another cute up vertical this time. This is another one we need to do in the future. There's a few I've got in my mind for the next game, actually. Whoever's, whoever's go it is. Mm. This is one I I quite liked. Prehistoric Island 1930. <gasps> it's yeah. a, a horizontal dinosaur shooting thing. It's got Terry in it. Terry. Terry Dactyl? Terry Dactyl. Oh, mate, Terry it, Dactyl. Yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't even see that one, mate. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a good game from SNK. Uh, R-Type 2. my room again more goodness but not quite as good as the original i didn't quite get into this one as much as i did the original mm. that was darius 2 also was this year oh was it yeah i'm not familiar really with darius 2 was darius 2 a single screen game no it's still three screens oh okay mm. everyone think of darius extra there was one that was just a single screen i think Darius guy. You know what? That... I got a feeling, and I'm sure the, the robot will come in on this. Darius 2 is double screen. When I was in Japan, one of them arcades, ah. they had one set up. They made their own cabinet, which used two huge LCD screens, and it was two screens. Right. So I'll let Could the be. robot tell us about that. Darius Gaiden was a single screen game, and Darius 2 came in two and three screen versions. Stun Runner which is a polygon racer. It looks dated now, but it's still fairly playable. You go through tunnels on like a futuristic bike. I think it was, I wouldn't say ahead of its time, but it's using different technology to a lot of other arcade games around it. This game, I might be getting confused with another Atari game. Uh, I played in Seattle. We just came across this little arcade near some other bits we were looking at. No, it was actually in, in Spokane which is near Seattle. We were there for a friend's wedding while we were on holiday anyway. And I think it's like a red motorbike you sit on. It's like a, a solid yeah. thing you sit on. Yeah, that's that one. I played it. It was quite a good little game. But I remember mm. the red being missing on the screen, so it looked a bit dull. But yeah, it's quite mm. a good little game, actually. It's sitting there. No, it's on. Mm. Uh, you've also got Strider from Capcom. <laughs> I absolutely hate Strider. I've never liked yeah, the game. But you, you missed it. Tagster would have been heartbroken if you missed Strider from 1989. I, I'm always breaking Sean Tagster's heart. 
always. <laughs> it's a favourite thing of mine to do. <laughs> we'll put Strider in just for him. Uh, Toki from Tad, which is a weird gorilla game. It's a very odd-looking game. It's got really creepy baddies in it. I, I don't like it. It worries it, me. It worries me, Sean. I didn't eat me mushy peas last night. I was thinking about oh, Toki. No. Everyone, everyone loves mushy peas. Everyone loves mushy peas. It's come to the fore again because I think it's out on the Switch, isn't it? Being being done with nice new graphics, is it? Toki? It was, Toki. yeah. I think they. It was another one, if I remember rightly. It was another one where you press a button while you're playing it. It turns it back into the original graphics. Yeah. As you're playing, because the, the the Wonder Boy Monsterland one, the new version of that you can do that as you play in the game. You press a button, and it swaps into like eight or sixteen bit graphics, and then to the nice new shiny graphics. Yeah, good game. Mm. Volfied on by Taito. You love Volfide, don't you? Nope. I don't like the line games. <laughs> this is my this is probably one of the only ones I really like, actually, because it, it's a very similar graphical style to Arkanoid. And I really like that sort of futuristic 16-bit graphics. And I mm. really like Volfire because I, I was so close to finishing the game. It's only got 16 levels. I think I got to like level 13. And I want to finish it one day. I'm going I'm to put that game in a cab for a while, the one that, that um, Island Pirates sent me. I'm going to put it in there and try and finish it. Such a good game. Really like it. I know you don't, but I love it. Mm. X Multiply by Iram. This is another excellent horizontal shooter. This is This one is really, really good. It's a contender, again, for another one of my picks. Right. Iron were on fire back then. It's a similar game to our type. It's a horizontal shooter with those same kind of graphical style, really nice organic alien styles. But this one, mm. you get a, a, a pickup where it's sort of like some arms around your craft. And as you move backwards and forwards, the arms come around you and it protects you from stuff, but not all the yeah, time. Yeah, I've, I've played. I quite like this. Yeah. It's a weird game. It's very nice. Very satisfying shooter. I do like it. And it's got a good pace to it, so it's not too quick. I do like mm. it. So my pick for 1989, there's a lot of, I was flicking through the list and there's a lot of obscure vertical scrolling shooter maps and like 80% of them I've never played, but some of them look good. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and check out a lot of these. But my pick is a game we covered a long time ago called Block Hole or Quarth. Is it Quarth or Quarth? Is this like a 3D Tetris where you're looking down a sort of square tube and it's no. 3D? Which one's this, this is, then? This is I know we did it. The Tetris blocks fall, and you have to make them into a into a rectangle or a square. So if an L shape falls, yeah. you have to shoot it. Oh, you got to shoot it to knock the bits yeah. out of it. So it's yeah, I remember Tetris it. with bullets. It's great, and and I got really, I think I got really good at it using a keyboard. Ooh. Because because it's it's just sort of slide left and right and fire. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that, and I, I just played it again, and I thought, God, this is really good, and I reckon. Bar all these shooters that I've not played in '89, I think that's my pick for 1989. I, I remember when we did it. I, I thought it was okay. I wasn't that into it. But there is, if you go back to our podcast, I'm not sure what number it is, and have a look at the podcast picture. Podcast 29. <laughs> you, 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 your, your eyes will never be the same again. That is my most famous picture. It yeah. is my pick. I was just looking through the list actually because I haven't wrote it down. There's so many good Irem games on here. I haven't actually played, but I've only had a really, really quick go of, and I really like them, so I can't use them as my favourite pick. It's between Clax, 
which is a personal favourite, and Volfide. It's going to be Volfide. Because I got so into Volfide, I really worked out how to play it, and the nuances of the game, and the little tricks, and it's it's a really good, but really frustrating game at the same time. Mm. Yeah, so Volfide, for me. Followed right. very closely by Clax. It's a lovely game. Mm. Arcade quiz time. Okay. Are you going to quiz this- me? This is it, kids. This is the Mastermind Quiz. Uh, What's your name, please? Vincent Marmite. (laughs) Your chosen subject? Arcade stuff. Jumping over stuff. Kicking stuff. Shooting it right in the face. Right. You have two minutes, Mr Marmite, to answer ten questions. Starting... Now, what hardware runs the 2005 game The King of Fighters 11? Taito Type X. No, a Thomas Wave. Don't! What year... Oh, hang on, hang on, sorry, sorry. Name the arcade sequel to Crazy Taxi. Crazy Taxi High Roller. Yes. What year was the company... What year was the company Taito founded? 1953, 1963, or 1973? 63. No, 53. <laughs> what type of game is Suzuka 8 Hours? A motorbike racing game. Yeah. In which game do you control Winky, a little red circular fellow with a bow and arrow shooting stuff in various rooms of a dungeon? Venture. Just venture. Yeah, Not adventure. Yeah. Venture. Right, points question now. In the game Galaxian, how many points do you get for shooting the two attacking fighter escorts and then the flagship as they descend? 800. Yes, bloody hell, I need to make these harder. Which company developed the game, Tutankham? Which company? Stern. No, Konami. Oh, I thought it was Stern Konami. It was licensed to uh, Stern. Oh, you tricky. Oh, I got you there. (laughs) What controls are used for the Atari game, Cloak and Dagger? What controls? Twin sticks. And? A button. Yep. I'll give you that one, didn't That's I? That's a prototype. That's cheating. It's not... No, it's, is it not a release? Not many were released, no. Really, really oh. limited release. Do I get Name, an extra point for that? Nope. Hmm. Name the Zachariah game set in an isometric left-to-right scrolling maze. The isometric? Zachariah. Yeah, sort of laid-back 3D maze. A pass? I don't know. Money, money. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Zuntata is the house band for which game developer? Easy, Taito. Yeah. So, so there, there, Mr. Marmite, you've got I'm six. Get, I've got loads. You've got six out of ten. Oh, that's, that's time for equal top place, isn't it, six? It is. I think I've only got four, to be honest. But They yeah, were well good done. questions, old man. They were good. Hmm. You know what, how I know Suzuka 8 Hours? Because it's yeah. one of those games machines. It was always like a twin... Twin screen and two motorbikes you sit on. It was in loads of arcades in Weymouth when I was a kid, and nobody ever played them. And if you ever see them for sale, they go for like 200 quid because nobody wants them. They're too big. Mm. It's, it's like if, a hang-on game, isn't it? Yeah, I wonder if that Manx TT was a kind of sequel. You know the Manx TT? That I think it is, yeah. It's, is it the same people? Is it Taito? I don't know, actually. I have to have a look. I, I remember the games being quite similar. I remember seeing them, but I don't think I ever played them because you mostly... People just sat on them while they were waiting for their partners to finish on games or, or just hanging around. <laughs> they remember playing the game, just sat on them. Yeah. You back in the day, probably smoking and eating chips. Yeah, oh, I love chips. Yeah, good questions, mate. I like those ones. Very good. Nice. 
featured game review. Right, featured game review, kids. This is Space Firebird, a listener pick from Mr. Alex Nintendo Arcade. Nintendo 1980, it's a two-way stick with two buttons. It's a Z80-based game, and Alex is not going to like what we're going to talk about. And how do you play it, Vic? <gasps> right, I have the instruction card that came on the, the machine here. It says on it, this is great, this is. It says here, one or two players introduce coins. Hello, arcade machine. Here are my coins. Coins? Arcade machine. Uh, select one or two players, yeah. To avoid birds, remove the ship horizontally with a controlly handle. Controlly handle. The ship is equipped with missiles and four rockets can be fired successfully. Missiles Sometimes. and rockets? Sometimes. Mm, there's not missiles and rockets. In in bold, when you push on the warp button, the ship is getting up and it cannot be knocked out. So it can knock out birds only by touching them. One warp for a ship. One bonus per board when every bird is knocked out. One extra ship from 5,000 points. The game is over when every ship is knocked out by birds. You've got Emperor, Eagle, Falcon and Bomb. Mm. Well, it's basically Galaxian with a few extra thrills. No, it's not. I'll, I'll sum it up at the end. It's not quite Galaxian with extra thrills, but nearly. I've, I've written here, face endless waves of emperor, eagle, and gull firebirds. Now, I've got the gull firebirds from a flyer, but the, the instruction card says falcon. So whatever, emperor, eagle, and falcon firebirds as they swoop and rain down fiery laser death on your poor, poor spaceship. Can I just adjust that, the diction just slightly? Rain down fiery laser death on your poor spaceship! That's or, Brian or, or Blessed. Brian Blessed then, didn't I? He's ah. great, him, isn't he? No. All right, right. differences from Galaxian. Once per life, as mentioned in the card, you get a warp button. A warp button, you say? Basically, you press the button, you take off, and you crash stuff right in face. When you do take off from your crashing spree, no more birds will come onto the screen again, which are cheating things doing that. They do. They come back on. No, they don't. Not the game I was playing, it wouldn't. When you you go off screen, they will not come back on screen until you finish doing your little shoot up the screen. Oh, I thought they did. So make sure you have a shed load of them to kill. A flock may be on screen before launching. A stupid, pointless extra to this game. It's just silly. It doesn't really work. Yeah, I, I used it as, you know, instead of dying, just press it if you think you're going to die. On the top of the screen is a count of how many enemies you need to destroy. So it starts at 50 and obviously counts down to one. And all the birds take one, two, or four kits to heal to kill sorry based on the size of them so like the big emperor bird takes four hits and there's another baddie which is a slowly descending bomb and it spits bullets in like like an x-shaped kind of thing so if you're right underneath it you can destroy it and if it gets really low you get 200 points for destroying it if it gets too low and you don't hit it it blows up anyway and sends out shrapnel this was taken forward and used in donkey kong 3 years later from the same people and also mm. a feature on quite a lot of shmups. Raiden and Star Force has these enemies as well. So it's the thing that was yeah. copied years later. This is this bit. You, you sometimes can fire four bullets at once, sometimes two bullets at once, and sometimes nothing. Uh, I, hey? we talk, I was talking about this with Charlie Farr last night. I don't understand the shooting mechanic. It, it could be the amount of sprites on screen so you can't fire. Ah, that but, makes sense. 
but I don't know. Sometimes you cannot fire and it completely ruins the game because you're never sure. So the Emperor's coming down at you. you. You need to kill him with four shots and you're never sure you've got them four shots. So it just ruins it. Yeah, it is annoying this. Uh, an enemy mm. can also let off a bunch of bullets right in front of you, making it impossible to dodge because you're too slow to dodge or make dummy in moves. So if you're going left when a bird is following you to the left and you double back on yourself... You're just too slow to do it, and they'll they'll hit you with the bullets. Yeah, there's like a, a, a Charlie Farr calls it a warm up speed, where you've got a split second before you reach full speed, so you can't dodge left and right, which is which is silly in a in a static screen shoot 'em up. You need to move left and right quickly, and you, you can't. Do you know what? It's almost like it's almost like lag in the game. I was playing on emulation because I've got the original machine, and only Alex can. Well, there's a few people, and I know Alex has got an original table of this. And maybe you can tell us if it's so slow on the machine because the emulation doesn't seem perfect on it. So when you get killed, the screen goes red and it's mm. got a weird effect across and something's got weird lines on it. The version I was playing on main was. So may- maybe, I'll have to talk to Alex on a Zoom next about it, maybe that's why the emulation isn't too good. But it just seems a very slow movement. You're not quick enough to, to dodge what's being fired at you. And I find that very unfair. It's a, it's a it's a game killer for me. It's a breaker. Yeah, I've watched a couple of YouTube videos, and they all seem the same. Where it, there's just that little slow inertia thing to get you up to full speed. So you've really got to be moving. You've got to anticipate ahead, which you know is is very difficult when they they spit out like say they spit out like eight or nine bullets, don't they? At once they fire a ton of stuff at you, but they they yeah. also do it when they're not very far away from you, which I find really unfair. Because mm. even stuff like games like 1942, when when the, the the airplanes get close to you, they don't fire at you so close, or not in the early levels anyway. Um, mm. so, but this thing where you reach up to the side arc of the screen, I've worked out why it is. As you go up the side of the screen, the birds go underneath you, and the birds don't go back up the screen again. They, they always mm. swoop down. So you, they can, you can sort of avoid them by going up the side of the screen. It's easy to avoid, and they go underneath you. But it's, mm. it just seems a bit of a weird thing to do on the side of the screen. It's, it's just odd. Yeah, they do. They kind of dive bomb you as well, don't they? But you can sort of dodge them by going at the left and right side of the screen a bit. Yeah, but if you try and change directions, you'll get killed. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so uh, tips and secrets. I've already said stay directly under the bombs to destroy them. But the, the other tips and secrets are just, I don't know. Apparently, it's not random. So you can learn the waves. Yeah, I was told by Alex, on the later levels, like level five and above, which I was never going to get to, they do have some really exciting patterns where they move around like Gallagher kind of thing, yeah. which is quite interesting for an early game. But yeah, yeah, there's no real tips and secrets, <laughs> is there? It's just that like, don't get no. killed by stuff, and it's very easy to get killed. because, And also, when there's a, a, a large amount of them, that's when you should use your 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 zoom up the screen, killing everything kind of bit. But it just mm. seems a really odd thing. You get one per life as well, so it's not really even a, a get-out-of-trouble card, really, because you're going to use it once per life. So, yeah, I'm not sure about that. The graphics and sound. Main reckons there's some problem emulating the sound, because I think it was done in TTR. The sounds... It sounds like someone dialing a radio in another room. It's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's not good sound. It's weird sounds. I think the original machine is a little bit better. Yeah, we just can't really... The amplification really, stuff, yeah. but yeah, it's not good on there. Can't really judge the sound because Mame's a bit lacking on the sound, and it with that. I think I remember the, the, the sounds being better 
rather like Cosmic Alien because the sounds aren't done properly in Maimon Cosmic Alien. But I've got a cabinet of it, and the sounds are really good. You've got the whooshing sounds and the TTL, like, weird generated sounds. And that's the same as Space Firebird. So, yeah, we mm. can't really judge the sound, but the graphics are... They're okay. Very simple game. Simple old game, isn't it? I think they're quite detailed. I think they're, they're quite detailed. I know there's only three main enemies, but I think they're all right. And the, the, the animation's pretty good. And they're drawn by Mr. Miyamoto himself, so they've got to be bit quality. Yeah, but bad. there's no there's no variation. But it was 1980, and Galaxian only had three enemies as well, so you can forgive it for that, really, can't you? Is it three or four? Yeah. I'm not going to forgive it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Me, me and Space little, Fire though, aren't, we're not, we're not friends. They're a bit, a bit hard to hit, they're a bit small, aren't they? They the, are the hard bodies. to hit, and because you move quite slowly, and, and as you said, you know when you're playing Galaxian or Space Invaders, for instance, or with Cosmic Alien or any of those kind of games, you can just tap the joystick or tap the button to move just slight increments to get your shots lined up. Because you, as mm. you know from Charlie Farr, the Galaxian world champion, accuracy is, is key to that game. You know, you've only got one shot on the screen on that particular game. You want it to hit something. You don't want to waste that shot and wait wait for it to go up because it seems like an end an endless time for it to go up the top of the screen. So accuracy is key to that game. It's the same with this game, and because you can't really tap the, the sticks, it takes a little while for it to get going. You can't move your ship accurately enough to play the game. I don't think. Mm. And you, you know, in Galaxian, where you get like in the quiz, you get those three that charge down at you. The three. Yeah, uh, a convoy. That's the word. Ooh, you convoy. know, you've got one shot, but it immediately replenishes when you've shot it. Yeah. So you can at almost point blank range. I do this quite often. You can shoot all three birds for eight hundred points. Yeah. But you can't guarantee it on this game because you might not fire because it's something weird with the firing. You, you might have yeah. fired all your four shots and then it doesn't just. It but might be something to do with the strange. hardware. As you said, if if you've got a ton of birds on the screen, they're firing at you as well, and you're firing, you've only got a certain limit of things moving on the screen, and you're mm. the last thing to do that that move, press your button, it's not going to give you all the fire that you want, the four fires you might need. That is a good point. I reckon that might be why. If anyone's yeah. a boffin enough to know exactly why the hardware does that, please write in and tell us. Yeah, it just, it just completely ruins it. I just can't play it because of that. Right, the best bit about the game, I reckon, is the cabinet art. The marquee is nice. Yeah. But there's, there's a few different ones. You reckon there's five on Taffer? There's five flyers on the Arcade Flyer Archive, yeah. There's, there's oh, I think one's just called Space Bird, and, and there's different territories have released their own yeah. artwork. Because it was also distributed by Gremlin Sega, this game. Ooh. So it wasn't just Nintendo. I got a feeling, this is before Nintendo programmed their own games, or else it, was, it would have been programmed by Ikigami. Mm. Who who did Sky Skipper and uh, Donkey Kong? Donkey Kong uh, yeah, Donkey Kong as well, and Space Fever and St- Space Launcher. Uh, the cab came as a Nintendo cocktail, which is probably the most common. You see quite a lot in the UK. It came as a full Gremlin upright, which is rare, same shape as a Frogger or a head-on. Yeah, which is a nice cab. Uh, also came as a cabaret, which is rare from Gremlin, same shape as a Turbo or an Astro Blaster. Uh, and a super rare Nintendo was also made, which is a different shape to Donkey Kong or a radar scope. Check out the French licensed cab too on our website on www.tenpencearcade.co.uk. Yeah, the the Nintendo one is is similar. It's not quite the same, is it, as a, as a Donkey Kong or? Yeah, it's got the, the, it's the got cab- a very straight front to it, like a um, like a radar scope. 
but the back of it looks weird. I'm not sure if it's just the way Nintendo drew their artwork back in the day, or it's an actual cabinet. But it's a it's an odd looking machine, very very rare as well. I've never seen mm. one in the, in the flesh. We've only got one bit of trivia for this game: is that I slept through an entire game of this. I got some points, but I can't remember a thing about it. <laughs> mm. True fact. <laughs> Port sequels legacy. You put none. Surely this was a flop. Yeah, there was too many other games around at the same time. There's loads of Galaxian versions, which were obviously much more popular because Galaxian sold a ton. Mm. Uh, and this game never got a f- it never got any, any any sequels. It's never been on any compilations, as far as I know. You know, released later on on new machines. So must have been a flop. Must have been. Just think if this was out the same year as Phoenix. Imagine this going up against Phoenix. No chance. Be n- no competition. Would there even be? with all Phoenix's features as well. <laughs> yeah. Despite all that, kids, we have had forty-one players. Suckers. What's wrong I mean, with you? I mean, not suckers. I mean, thank you, listeners. Thank you, listeners, for putting up with a duff game. Yes. Actually, that's just sub- uh, ob- subjective because a couple of people like it. I've just seen the top score, and I don't believe that is possible. Why? Why? Right. Let's go from bottom to top. Okay. At the bottom, we have Anna Horse, 20 points. And then Ed Horse is put, yes, 20 points. <laughs> 20 <laughs> points. They must have hit two birds and just gone, no. No. Anna, nice. I'm proud of you for taking the Victor stance on this. No. <laughs> Steve Horse, 1,640. It's a very low scoring game. You've got to remember, the massive Griffin bird is only worth 100 points. The top, mm. the top point earner in this game is the bomb. 200 points. 200 points. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Driver, 1660, can't see me earning an extra life on this. You've got to get, get 5,000 points to get an extra life. That isn't going to happen. Phil Horse, 1880. Mm. Alan Delta Lima likes it. 2090, enjoyable but frustrating. No and yes. Son of Delta Lima, little Delta Lima, 2190. The rebellion begins as he starts to beat his old man. Uh-oh. He loved this once he got the hang of it. Good fun in two-player competition. So... Alan, you're wrong. And son of Alan Delta Lima, you're very correct. Well done, sir. Nice. Ben Banasic, 2,270. I'm done. The bad about this game. Flying a wide, slow spaceship against mostly thinner enemies and shooting crappy arrows. The good. Shooting the nukes for extra points and I never have to play it again. Ooh. When I saw Ben Banasic's name, I just saw Ben Beanstalk. He's now known as Ben Beanstalk. Cheers, Beanstalk. What about Ben Benassi? Didn't he do that song? Oh, what's that song, Ben Benassi? Sean, are you I'm having gonna... a breakdown again? <laughs> no, no, not. I'm going to have to Google it a bit. Go carry on. John Horse, 2350. Giggity, 2440. An extremely frustrating game of chance. Uh, this is my score, 2640. I slept through an entire game of this. Can't remember a thing about it. Michael Liss, 2670. And he says, the, aw- the awful fire rate ruins any slim hope of this being remotely enjoyable. Uh, Michael Vortman, 2790. Sluggish controls, erratic stupid birdies, unproper hit zones. This game makes me angry. Every time you think birdie's finished, you cannot shoot. First time I regret not having built a kick plate into the cabinet. Uh, Vic, it's Benny Bonassi satisfaction. It's full of really hot women, that video. Anyway. What? They're out in the sun? 
No, you know what I mean. Anyway, mm. Ben of Steel. Ben of Steel. 2.790. Managed 10 minutes before getting bored. A bit like Phoenix's abandoned inbred half-cousin who was found in a bin. Ooh, <laughs> that That's is, fantastic. We should put it on the, on the flyer, I think. <laughs> Stacey King, 2,800. Played this game enough to fill the scoreboard and at the same time sate my appetite for the game. I know it's from 1980, but the con- collision detection is quite poor. Ooh, Rob Carpenter, 2810, space fart bum. And that shield is about as much used as a spoon <laughs> as, as at removing that over-sodden biscuit that fell into brew or alcohol-free lager. Yes, it tastes similar, but you know it's not just right. Alcohol-free lager, have you ever had that? Yeah, some of it's quite nice. You reckon? I don't mind it. It's a drink, isn't it? Is it chemically? Nah, it's all right. Steve oh. Tyke, 2890. I tried. Just a little sad... I tried. Yeah. Mr. Retro Mash 2990. Only managed to play this for about 20 minutes, but quite enjoyed it. So I see some people do like it. One of the least annoying crazy space bird type games. No, it's not. You, Shane Shooty Pants Hollister. Let's just give you one of these. For, Why? For, for getting 3,250. You, you've gone above and beyond the Call of Duty there, mister. Mm. How many games do you actually play of it? I played a few actually. Up Charlie Farr was streaming it last night, so I thought he was getting ten thousand when he was streaming it, and I thought, right, he's inspired me to have another go. I played it for five minutes, rage quit. Nope, nope, nope. I was playing it and getting roughly the same sort of scores. Uh, yeah, no. Mm. Neil twenty to five. R Neil thirty two hundred eighty. Quick go on laptop. Initial impressions are rather poor. Very weak fire that seems intermittent almost at times. Pish. <laughs> yeah, it, it is that fire that ruins it, I think, and, and the slow speed of the ship. If you got took got rid of them, it would be a decent game. If they'd done it on Galaxian hardware, it would have been better. Mm. Anyway, Luke Horse has got 3,430. Ben Granville, 3,450, beaten by 20 points. Space Fire Turd. I'm still searching for the Nintendo Seal of Quality, which they yeah. put on NES games. They wouldn't would on this. <laughs> Sal Bug, 3770. Sal, less than average burglar is. He did not like this. Very less than average game. I don't think he likes his less than average because he's a good player. Yeah, but he does like his less than average games, doesn't he? He liked Kangaroo yeah. and some of the other rubbish ones. Yeah. Ah, Sol. Glad this landed on me. 3780. Space Firebird. Slight improvement, but summer heat melted me hands off, so I can't foresee another submission from me. Compose <laughs> this tweet with me toes. <laughs> Paul McCaskey, 3790. Not sure I can do any better than this. The game seems pretty random. Matthew Bridge, 3800. Boring and frustrating. Time to cleanse a palette with Truxton 2. Ooh, Chris Mooncrester bootleg, 3850. Witty comment about not liking the game is put. Uh, Buller, 4,130. I reckon you can get 5,000, but the fire rate was too frustrating when all you want to do is shoot aliens right in face. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Ian Cullen, 4,210. This is garbage. He's done well for saying it's garbage, 4,210. Yeah, Simon Anderson, 4,280. Couldn't bring myself to play this one for very long. Love my shooters. This one is a travesty travesty he is jimmy who is jimmy who's jimmy vic he is he is, he is definitely a jimmy 
I think we've established he is. Yeah. Spent a good hour trying to get an extra life at 5,000, but the more I play it, the worse I get. Not a bad game, but frustrating. Tactical Giles, 5,820. Not a lot to say about this one, really. Just a very average shooter like so many of the time. The marquee is pretty cool, but that's it. Yeah. Matt Neo and Neo MK5840. It might be an early Nintendo game, but it's not a fun one. A very average shooter that's forgettable. Go play Drunk Gary instead. Yeah. Have you played um, Drunk Gary yet? I have played a bit of Drunk Gary, actually. It's quite good. Think, think it's all right? Yeah. Silly. I knew you'd done it. You it's need not to put brilliant. Your name on so it. It's all right. It's, it's, it gets the job done, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a good game. Mark Belly, 5,880. An oddly addictive game. Give it a quick bash for the for, for the one point. The music reminded me of Whizball on the Commodore 64. Oh. Nick Silver Smurfer, 5920. Sp- spaced Friday Bird. Dare I say this is the poor cousin of Phoenix. Pathetic hate beaks and silly bombs. Tried to like this, but just not feeling the love. Definitely coded on a Friday afternoon. Well, you haven't mentioned hate beaks. This game is full of hate beaks, isn't it? It is. Hating you. Mm. raining down poop on you from a hate beak. Look, Garen Retro Schmopper, 6,020. Oh, God, he's done well there. I thought I enjoyed this back in the days. It's a game I remember, but not fond memories. It has grown on me, to be fair. Oof. Yeah, so, yeah, it's not, all, it's not all bad news for Space Firebird. Mark Happy Dude, 6,190. My first score was over 5,000. And uh, but I thought there was no need to take a pick of that. That's a really low score. How wrong I was! <laughs> so I think he spent ages trying to get him back up to that yeah, score. Yeah, very low scoring game. Paul Higgins, six thousand two hundred and ten. Collision detection a bit poor. Loving the space fire turd tag for the name. No sense of achievement playing this one, unfortunately. No, oh, Trollnads, six three ninety. Good score from Trollnads. This is the best I can manage, and I have zero desire to ever play this again. I hate to say it, but I have to agree with him. Ed Horse, 6,460. Erratic hate beaks everywhere. Not many or any fans of this one. Improvements equal warp changes to a bomb clear screen, like a, a hyper, like a smart bomb. Yeah, that yeah. would work. Mm. Bill Wellham, 7140. Getting, getting into the good scores now. Very frustrating space fire, but this game is unfair. Hate beaks. Arrgh. Roger Cantor, 9,360. Right. Great choice for this month's game. I played. I first played this in Summerland in Douglas, Isle of Man, and then spent a lot of my holiday money playing this in the Pier Arcade on regular visits to Aberystwyth. It's been a favourite of mine ever since. Wow. I, I'm not sure how someone could like this game that much. Hmm. But each to their own, so I'm glad you enjoyed it, Rog. Right. Brian Haribo is in second, and I've watched over the two weeks on Twitter his score creeping up and up and up, and he's put he's got eleven thousand four hundred ninety. Some real nostalgia for this. Feels like I'm back in real in the eighties. Great pick. Goes on my top ten games of all time list. What? I, I always I always <laughs> know. I've never been to real. Got nothing against real, but real has always been known to me as poor man's Blackpool. I think I think it's one of the old run-down seaside towns. But yeah, I don't know but, why I've I've always heard it as poor man Blackpool. I must have just heard it somewhere. I've never been to real, but I'm sure it's very lovely. Do you reckon? Blackpool's all right. I went. Well, I took my mum on Tuesday. It's, did, she, it's did, been... she, did she play the two-piece shovers? My mum lo- loves playing those. No, we couldn't get her in an arcade. She didn't want to go. I tried everything. What? Did you put her in a cafe with a tea and a scone? Yeah, we went. Yeah, we did have fish and chips and that. Mm. Do you know? You know, outside Blackpool Tower now, there's this big open area where they have bands and stuff. And, no, and then, been there. And there's this, 
there's these, I don't know if they're paving stones or whatever they are, but there's hundreds of old fashioned, like Morecambe and Wise jokes and Les Dawson jokes written on the floor as you walk over it. And there's, there's one of them that said, it really, they're just like stupid old jokes. One of them said, my husband always wanted to be run over by a steam train. When he did, he was chuffed to bits. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That yeah, I've never been to Blackpool. Must have to go one day when I'm up to that see you. That might put you off. The, the, uh, yeah, they're big jokes. The top of top of our pile of players is, of course, Charlie Farr. Head and shoulders, or beak and feathers above everyone else. Oh, Eighteen thousand and fifty points. And he said, spicy fried bird. This spicy bird is not finger-licking good. The game loops every eight waves. You can work with it. Or ignore it and play something better. Yeah, he didn't actually like it that much, but he just kept playing it. And he's actually beaten the Orcade record of 14,000. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Twin Galaxies is somewhat like 52, so that's a way off. Oh, God, that would be a really boring afternoon, wouldn't it? Yeah. Playing Spice Firebird to to be that oh god no thanks okay uh, yeah. summary and improvements on this game you, right. I think you've said most of it but I'll, I'll yeah I'll sum it up as well yeah the inertia as the ship starts to move is a terrible idea in a static screen shooter get rid of this the very slight but noticeable dis- delay on the fire button there is a little tiny delay and the, the, the thing that kills it we've mentioned it loads of times and so have the listeners is how many bullets you can fire at once you just never know you just you just yeah, when something's coming yeah. in close range, you don't even know if you're going to fire, and that just random in like it. it. I'm sure yeah. Charlie Farr probably worked this out in his massive brain, and he was mm. able to get the score. But yeah, the game would really benefit from a turbo hack on your firing. There's loads of turbo hacks for Galaxian and Gallagher, and you know that Pac-Man turbo, and and both games are way better with this than this. Firebird feels like they were trying to copy Galaxian, but didn't quite have the hardware or programming to pull it off fluidly. Mm. Nintendo really hit the mark with their clones of Invaders, Space Fever and High Splitter, and Lunar Rescue, which is their Space Launcher's their version, but fell way short of being anywhere near as good as Galaxian or Gallagher later on. The game seems like you're trudging through really sticky treacle. I never saw this as a kid, although a lot of our listeners remember it fondly. If I'd played this back then, I would be one to avoid, as there were tons of similar better games, Galaxian, Astro Fighter, Astro Blaster. I'd even say... Moon Crester is way better than this. Definitely. Oh. So my sum up is the game has taken the most annoying parts of Phoenix and Galaxian and used them to create a whole game. So when the birds on Phoenix are dancing about all over the screen like drunk seagulls at the, and at the end of Galaxian when you get all the aliens swarming and they don't go back to marching across the screen anymore, they just keep swarming at you. The most exciting part of this game is waiting for the bomb to get low enough on the screen to get you a paltry 200 points. 200 points... Wow, that gets me all excited. <laughs> Apparently, the attack waves get quite interesting on level 5 and above, but there's no way I was going to play this crap for that long, or even ever again. And as someone summed up earlier, just for this joke, Space Fire Turd, more like. Mm. Mm. Sorry, Alex, we didn't like this one. The best thing about this game is being able to call it Space Fire Turd. <laughs> Next show's game. Right, kids, it's next show's game, and it's my pick. And... Oh, God, I'm before you even... I'm sorry, everyone. Hey, I'm no, 
you messaged me said we need to find an obscure gem you said we need to find something that is brilliant that no one's ever heard of which would be quite hard because if it's brilliant everyone's heard of it mm. so i found it vic i have found this game It's called Spatter, S-P-A-T-T-E-R. It's from Sega 1984. And the ROM is Spatter, S-P-A-T-T-E-R. Default settings, three lives, extra lives at 40,000, 120,000, 480,000. There's no extra settings. And what it is, it's a maze game, so you might like it. And I've, I've played it, and I really like it. And I think it's got a lot of potential. No, you are a mistake. It's fucking flicky on a child's three-week bicycle. I expected <laughs> nothing less from you. <laughs> Have you played it, though? Have you even tried it? I had a quick go of it, and it's it's obviously by the same people that did Flicky. I knew you'd like it. You, sir, what can I call you? What, what have I called you? You are a nincompoop of the highest order. You've got to try it. You will get into it. I'm telling you, it's really good. There's a couple of really good mechanics in it. I got a feeling there's a game very similar on the PC engine, which I quite like. So I'll have a go of it anyway. Right. So thank you for that. And I'm sorry about next time's game. I'm it's sure better. it's going to be good. I tell you, Space people... Firebird. I know that for a start. People are going to love it. Mm, hope so. Any road. Thank you for that. Uh, submit your scores on Twitter with hashtag Tempe score or on Facebook as a comment or on our podcast posts. Uh, email us if you like. Uh, talk to us on forums, whatever you like. Pictures, please, if you fancy. And the deadline for score submissions is, Mr. Holly. So next. it'll be it'll be the eleventh it'll be the twelfth of August. Twelfth of August, five PM UK times. Thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you in two weeks' time. Thank you very much, kids. See you soon. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.tenpencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at tenpencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at Tenpence Arcade and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. <laughs>